0: so like here's the thing i've never really wanted a dog like i'm not a dog person i'll just i wasn't i'll say that i wasn't a dog person we always had dogs growing up but it wasn't my thing, partly because the first dog we ever had somehow wasn't my dog. Some I was forced to clean up after it wasn't really. I wasn't really pleased with that. Like, Mom, this is not my dog. Why do I have to clean up after it? This is not right. fair. And so from that point on, I like disliked dogs. Also, like we would also get like walking home from like middle school. We would get chased by dogs walking because we always wanted to walk down the hood way. And so right. I was like, I eh, didn't really like dogs. And so we had like a couple of dogs. And then it wasn't until the last dog my sister had or well, the one before the last one. And Max was, like, just the most chill dog. Max was just... You could be sitting on the couch, next to you know, you look to your left, Max just chilling right next to you, like, just cuddled up. and am like, oh, I like you, Max. you cool, man. So what was,
1: kind of dog was he? Was it a big one? No, all of our
0: dogs were Pomeranians growing up. We all had... Pom- oh, we always okay. had Pomeranians. And so then... Max passed away unexpectedly out of nowhere. And that was the first time I was like affected by it. I was like, oh, I
1: was
0: like a little hurt. My sister was broke, like her heart broke. That was her dog and she was heartbroken. But yeah, and so I bought her a new dog after that one as like a, a Christmas gift that year because um, I knew how her heartbroken she was losing Max. But like, Max is just awesome. And so it was that. And then I was watching um, the first time I watched John Wick. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but the way the cute dog was following him around and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I want a dog now." I don't know why. And so ever since, you want to take one of mine? No, I'm good.
1: Because <laughs> then I was
0: like, I wanted a beagle. I wanted a beagle because that was the dog he had in the movie. But then I was like, Beagles bark a lot. Like, I can't get that in an apartment. I'm being people going be mad at me. So I was like, Oh wait. Okay. And then back years ago, when Pokemon Go first came out, I would watch this kid on YouTube, and he would go around. He was a gamer. But he was doing Pokemon Go and some dude over in the UK. And he had a dog and they named the dog Evie, And it was a um, a King Charles uh, Spaniel. Ooh. That dog, it yep. has like really floppy ears. It has like the curly hair. It's really cute. It's, like, has, and I realized yeah. I have a thing for dogs with floppy ears for some strange reason. So I was like, you know what? But that dog is expensive. as It was like $1,800 when I priced them all out. I was like, all right, yeah. can't get him yet. And then like a year or two ago, one of my employees, she was like, She got she won an English Bulldog and her English Bulldog was so cute, but then she got the first one and then unexpectedly the dog went to get um snipped and the dog died. Standard procedure Uh -uh. and died. So she was like, like she was crying, she was in tears, like, because that was her, like, their first dog, her and her husband, they had just got married, and that was their first dog together, and the dog just, like, died, like, on the, like, in a, during a normal procedure, so it was, like, strange, so they ended up buying another dog, and their dog, that dog, cost them, like, $2,200, because they had to pay for the person to fly here to deliver it on of so I'm like, yeah, nah, y'all. Awesome. Rather get one from
1: the pound. I'm like, eh, heh, 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 <laughs> get one I from said, the humane society. These
0: dogs gonna cost more right. than the laptop I want. I ain't got time for this.
1: Man, that's my though, right there. I'm
0: like, uh, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's a little too much for me. But yeah. uh thank you for for joining. Um, of, course, of course. So I guess I can introduce this podcast first. All right. um As a tradition, I have to play a song because that's me. So, I need of to figure course. out what song I want to play. Huh. Let's see. What do I want to do?
1: As long as they ain't Tokashi 6 ix 9 it's fine.
0: <laughs> that would never be a thing.
1: <laughs> Thank that you. Will,
0: <laughs> that will never, ever be a thing. Actually, Man, you know it's what? so
1: funny. I actually saw, like, you know how he's not going to be selling like this week it's like his sales been going down and down and down so he's been passing CDs on the street of course he is like let me grab one that will be a good coaster
0: <laughs> I don't, I, yeah it would get tossed out of the window it would be a frisbee at that point it will be like back in the 90s when they uh they had the bulldozer running all over the rap CDs that's what that would happen that would will, that will be his, hell yeah, yeah that would yeah, be it I will be the modern day C Dolores Tucker for sure.
1: <laughs> oh for sure.
0: Alright.
1: Now we got I
0: figured since it was the anniversary of Mac Miller's passing, nah, I'll just start with Mac Miller's That's just oh, for
1: sure. We're gonna fall night. In the light, till the day Can't stop, day it won't stop. Don't just how I feel. When you're on top, till the ball dropped. You never seen it be so real. I feel so real right now, but it all come falling down. In the night, the light to the day. Feel it a little, feel it a lot. Sky look at the shirt in a bit of deeper of my Keeping my head on top of my shoulders out uh, of the box
0: with the bark on the, the features.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <Forever> <laughs> Baby, the weather was strong, or cold. coming knocking on your door. Well, I'ma, I'ma maintain how I'm I'm so. until we the and you know you're there wrong. All
0: right. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Um, so, so this is the first time I'm doing a, a pod via Zoom call. So I will introduce this podcast as I normally do. Um, as always, I am Will K. the King, and this is the Don with the King podcast. This is episode 57, if I remember correctly. Yep, 57. This is 57. Um, as you can hear, I have a guest with me today. This is her first time on the pod. Come to find us. She actually listens to the podcast. So I greatly appreciate that. So I'd like course, to welcome Paige Boyd to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: What's good? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm, I'm doing. I'm
0: off work, so I guess I'm fine. It's it's a weekend now. No work Damn. for a while. Um,
1: oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Any plans for the weekend?
1: <laughs> Sleep. That's all I do every single weekend. You know, so there's nothing and probably wrong. listen
0: to some music. There's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. you, so you were on Facebook and you were talking about you had some things you needed to get off and you were trying to get on the podcast and I was like, well, shoot, I have a podcast. I'm always looking for people to get this shit off.
1: Oh for sure, for sure. So I'm glad I'm here. Uh, My two loud ass dogs. Oh
0: yeah, you know, got to feature the dogs.
1: So badasses, that's all good.
0: So what's been? So it is nine eleven um is the anniversary of 9-11 so you've seen a lot of what the 20 uh, 19th year is it 2020 yep 19 19 years. 19
1: 19
0: years since 9-11 um I remember where I was because I was asleep I slept through the entire thing I, I woke up at wow. like I woke up at like noon one o'clock and this girl I was talking to at the time she called me she was like yo she called me She was like I was like I called her she was like you, you don't see what's going on so we just like lost all these people in the, in New York I said huh what are you talking about? And I turn the TV on, I'm like, oh, okay. Guess I missed out. Yeah. Didn't really think that was real at the time. <laughs> right,
1: you thought it was something out of
0: uh, Armageddon I, or I was, one
1: of those disaster music.
0: Like, some of all fears? What is this? Like, yeah. it was crazy. I I, I I, just was like, oh, damn. Okay. That didn't yeah. think that would happen. And so it's, it's one of those things that I went to the um i've been in new york a few times like new york like my second home so i go to all, I, I usually go there once a year this will probably be the first year in a long time i haven't been and i usually i've been in the, the the ground zero a few times in the museum and this is crazy um seeing like when it was nothing there I, they built they rebuilt everything over there now but when it was nothing there and it was just a, a framework it was crazy it's like I remember going there when everything, the building was there, and it's is like this actually happened. Okay. This is a little weird. So I you know Hi. to all the people who lost their lives, of course, you know, Boston Press, those people. Um what I will say, um So did you so the NFL came back last night? Of course. And uh yeah. so you know it's been you know we've it's you know topic of discussion you know social injustice and everything has been a big topic of discussion since george floyd's killing and beyonce taylor and amal Aubrey, um right. jacob blake it, the list goes on and on and on unfortunately and so the nfl of course had to do something um you know the same that's
1: like miserable
0: right the same sport that you know didn't apparently understand it when Calum was talking about it, but we're, you know, it's neither here nor there, right? So they came out. So first and foremost, they didn't do anything during the national anthem. Specify that. They specifically didn't even come out during the national anthem. And so then they came out as a moment of silence. They all locked arms. It just, just display unity. And what did the fans in Kansas city do? They boo. booed. Like, they, like,
1: okay, tell us how you really feel. And
0: ju- and, so. and, and Chay, Ch- Ch- I was like, I just don't understand. Like, why, why they they boo unity? You don't? You
1: just... Yeah, that basically proved exactly what we've been saying all along. All this mess about you need to respect the flag. You need to respect the troops when everybody was kneeling and Colin Kaepernick was kneeling they just proved that night last night that it was never about supporting the truth at all it was never about supporting America it wasn't about the it's about yeah it's all about
0: they're okay with it basically
1: yeah they're okay with the racism they're okay with the bullshit that's happening and continues to happen they just want to preserve it yeah
0: they're fine with the status quo they've, because at the end of the day, as long as it doesn't hurt them, I decide out of mine.
1: As long as it doesn't affect them in any way. Like, what does that have to do with me? What is all that's going on, it ain't affecting me, it ain't affecting my family, so I don't give a damn.
0: Pretty much. And it's like this whole idea that, because we keep talking about having the conversation and the conversation, and, and it's like, here's my thing. There should not have to be a conversation about whether my life matters or not. Exactly. I'm a human being like you. I shouldn't have to... It's like, look, I worked in sales for most of my career. I shouldn't have to say it on the fact that I should be alive. And that's, exactly. that's the thing. You can't look at a situation and call a spade and spade and say, yo, they get treated fucked up in this country and in this world, and that's not right. What you just don't want to acknowledge that. And it's always this thing where this country doesn't they don't want to acknowledge what they're what they're wrong they're wrong their wrongs. Don't, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that they're fucked up it's like um, my brother was saying oh uh, my brother posted this early on twitter he was talking about how it's it's crazy that this country is so quick to point out the villainy of other, other people and i said yeah because it, it absolves them of having to point out the villainy in their own damn country so when not something like 9/11 happens, oh shit! See, that's why y'all shouldn't those Muslim people. we can't trust them. They're all the like, Muslim extremists. We can't trust those terrorists. They're they're all bad. They're the way they're thinking is backwards and and blah blah this and blah blah that. Like, yeah, but y'all kill y'all. Y'all have laws in place that literally fucking have the foot on the neck of their people, with, like populations in your country. So what are you saying? Like Americans, if if this entire pandemic is not showing you anything, is that Americans are arrogant as fuck? Oh, for sure. They don't. There's this American elitism that they look down on other countries. Other countries have literally shown us how to properly handle this pandemic. The other countries that are back to normal. They're having fucking concerts. They're partying in the streets. No worries at all.
1: Right, and they're well taken care of. Like They're receiving monthly checks for support throughout this entire pandemic. Meanwhile, we can barely get another $1,200 aside from that tax holiday, which is basically a con job in itself.
0: It's like you... And it's this whole idea that the American the quote unquote American dream is basically this 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 bullshit belief that in America you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make your make something of yourself.
1: Exactly. It's a, it's and like, you can do that, you can. but you have to have what they don't mention are the obstacles that are in your way if you're not like them.
0: Yeah. If you're not willing to acquiesce or sell out your own people in a lot of ways. It's just like when the people want us to get excited when a black guy, like for example, when Washington hired their uh, their uh, their new president, um, the Washington football team, it's just still stupid as hell. The fact
1: that it's their name. Oh
0: shit, we hired a the black. The
1: Washington football team.
0: We hired a black guy, yay. Yeah, but I don't know if that black guy is just because 'cause y'all hired that black guy. That black guy sounds like one of y'all black guys. He it could very well be a token. He can be one of y'all black guys who's just gonna continue the status quo. I don't know if that black guy is gonna hire other black people. It's just like the freaking um, the the attorney general and um, that won't do anything with Breonna Saylor. and you come to find He's out, like, yep. right? Oh well, yeah, of course he won't because he had, he too busy after, uh you know doing his little. Uh, engagement photos and, and going to the fucking RNC. Mm-hmm, of course and he kissing
1: boy. the president's ass. Of course. So he can get a seat on the Supreme Court.
0: It's like, yeah, of course he's not going to do anything because it doesn't benefit him because he's another token guy. It's just, right. it, it's like, it's always the situation where they want us and unfortunately we have people because first of all, black people are not a monolith. We know that. So there are going to sure. be black people who feel like them. They they have an elitist attitude. There there are poor black people that have elitist attitudes that believe that we somehow are doing things wrong. They're just it's just what it is for whatever reason. They have views that are different than everybody else's, and it's just like so. It, don't let them be rich because this is gonna make it worse. It's just yeah. exacerbating what's already there. So, yeah, just because you're hiring a black guy, you're putting this particular black guy in a position of power, doesn't mean that that, that changes anything. It doesn't set up, it doesn't change a precedent because if that person is just going to maintain the status quo, then what's the, it's just like if I'm the black CEO of a company, but if I look at my staff and my entire staff is a bunch of white people, what's the point? What benefit did they have of putting me in a position if I'm not championing diversity or even pushing for it? I'm just like, it's like, yo, I'm just here. It's all performative. And it's like, what's the point? It's just stupid. And so you get the NFL, you know, saying, oh, we should have listened and we should have. And it's like, the message was clear back then. He was like, and the fact that y'all didn't see it and it took y'all watching somebody die on camera for y'all to finally say, oh,
1: yes and it wasn't even the fact that he died on camera it's the fact that there's all of the process it's everything that followed
0: yeah so companies had to react oh because now it's like i just took um operations class and it was like they're talking about how a lot of people and especially in the millennial um community they 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 tend to make their port their decision as far as buying decisions and things like that based on things like the company there and how they affect the environment and also how they they react to social injustice. So a lot of these companies know that a lot of the times their the decision making as far as them make and them saying something or making a statement is based on the fact that It's going to affect our bottom line and that's really what it boils down to it's about their bottom line the same thing happened when the kids got the police got caught on those kids at starbucks and starbucks said oh we're going to shut down our all of our starbucks for a day for like racial and diversity diversity training. training what
1: and guess what happened after they reopened? No Black
0: Lives Matter pens. Right, no, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, no, y'all can't do one of those. This is the ones we brand. And it's like, if we can't profit off of it, then it's not going to matter. And it's like, yo, y'all, we, look, I get it. Y'all are worried about y'all dollars, and that's cool. But uh, what if that, if I think I, I've, I told people like this, like when people, like other people were arguing about electing Trump years ago, they were like, we want a businessman, we want a businessman. I said, one thing I don't understand about business people is that there is one term that they operate by and that's acceptable risk. If you, if you look into the food industry, there is certain percentages that they're willing to, thresholds they're willing to allow into certain impurities and stuff into your food as long as it doesn't cause, because look, it's acceptable. It's the acceptable risk. And so, This entire pandemic is basically, yo, as long as y'all go back, as long as our economy is good, y'all, the losses of 200,000 people is fine.
1: Because
0: that's part of the acceptable risk. And
1: that's the main thing that pissed me off. Because the government knew what was going to happen. They had the heads up months ago. Oh, yeah. Even before the first case was counted. Yeah. You, you know, you heard the tape mm-hmm. with Trump talking to the journalist, Bob Woodward, saying that this is definitely worse than the flu, Yep. but he is downplaying it on purpose.
0: He actually sounded rather knowledgeable on the situation, considering he never sounds that way in any other interview or any other press conference. He actually sounded right. like he knew. So he definitely had knowledge of what was going on. And he said, nah, I'm going to keep it to myself. And then he goes out and he downplays it. Oh, it's gonna get gone, or when the weather gets warm, it's gonna, it's gonna go away, like poof, like it was never here. And it's like, dude, they were trying to get y'all to test for this in January. Other countries right. like you guys should probably ramp up your testing because you're probably gonna have cases. And he said, Nah, I'm not. And then he'll say and stuff even like, Even earlier than that. Yeah, and it's like, dude, because they they kept just telling us, Oh no, this is some, it's in China. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. it's in China. It's nothing here. Don't worry about it you know how many people travel around from here right. to there and, and vice versa we exactly. do a lot Whether of trade or trade or all kinds of stuff we get a lot of or stuff school. from China or school it's a lot of lot of, lot of going back and forth there so like just making it seem like it was something that was just not ever going to reach us it was like no that's not, that's not how that works but unfortunately the reality is that The human life is not worth more than the dollars in this country, and that's just what it boils down to. It's like, yo, yeah, we'll risk you. It's just like these people who are protesting to have these kids or fighting to have these kids play in the college um, on Big Ten and stuff. And it's like. These kids don't have no rights to begin with, and you want them to waive whatever rights they do have so that y'all are not held liable and have them go out there and potentially risk their own lives. For what? So you got some football to watch? What the fuck? You people don't care about these kids. The kids want to play. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah, but those kids also, yeah, they want to play because I'm a choice. Because they know that y'all not going to help them. And they're trying to make sure they have a future as far as whether it's financially or whatever. Because so, some of the right. kids, yeah, they're going to, some of the kids are automatically going to get drafted. That's just the reality of yeah, it. Some kids already know that it don't matter if they play or not, their draft stock is what it is. But there are some kids that are like, yo, if I don't play, I can't show what I can do and I can't move improve my, my positioning. So, yes, I understand right. that. And some kids are like, yo, I just want to play football and I, that's fine. But no parent should be encouraging a kid to basically give up his rights just to play football. It's essentially like varsity blues in real in real life. Like no, oh, yeah. you're going to go out there and play. Fuck you. Fuck all of the bullshit. You're going to go out there and play. It's like y'all don't care about these kids. Y'all don't y'all care about y'all fucking football. Y'all care about this damn sport more than y'all care about the lives of y'all children. And that's fucked up.
1: Exactly. And they seem like with Trump's fan base. We'll say that fan base because that's exactly what it is they feel like they are invincible. Yeah. And that's not the case. And it's definitely calculated to make them think that they're independent, (laughs) like that they're untouchable, basically. And it's part of a whole calculation of why he kept this a secret for so long and keep on downplaying it. Because one – the economy first and foremost Yep. but also too considering the fact that this is a pandemic and there's already a medical bias between white communities and communities of color and they're seeing the communities of color dealing with this at a higher rate than their white counterparts it's kind of all Tangling
0: in. Yeah, because within the day, on in a, in a regular, on a regular day, we have a disadvantage when it comes to the level of care we receive. I work in the healthcare industry. I see it every day. So. The, even when just in different levels of the type of coverage they get and things like that, and also just the ability to pay their bills because they're in in, in more impoverished communities, they don't have the same financial um, stability, so if I go to the hospital and have a surgery and it's a $20,000 surgery and I gotta pay that bill, or pay even a portion of that bill, it's still a lot of money for a lot of people. And, look, I know, I always say, look, I have customers who I've seen customers who can get billed, they're getting billed for six months for two insurance plans, both like paying $900 a month. And they noticed it until six months later. What kind of money you got? Because I'm sorry, if I extra $20 come out of my account, I'm a to know. extra $900 been coming out your account for six months and you didn't notice? Ain't no way in hell. Ain't no way in hell. But that tells me about the time of disposable income you got versus what I'm used to. Because there's no, it's just not, it just don't, I would never understand that. But I've seen, I see it all the time and it's crazy to me, but they know that we don't have the same access to care the, the in the communities that we are brought up in, the communities we live in, in the black communities, they don't have access. You like... The, the hospital the hospitals in the city in, in Around where I live Or in the, in the city of Detroit Because I live in the suburbs now So it's not I don't necessarily have that issue But growing up Like going you know, like, Some hospitals you just know Which hospitals not to go to it's just like
1: Absolutely Yeah
0: Yeah, yeah I want to go to that one But yeah Somebody say yeah well I'm, I'm, I'm hurting What hospital you want to go to You know what a hospital not to go to
1: You know that one
0: Exactly It's like yeah nah We got to go on the mm-mm. Nope Stay away from that one
1: and it is still like that to this
0: very day. <laughs> I they know it. And so because of the fact that- And then you also have the fact that Black people in un- the Black community, they're under- they have, typically have underlying conditions that are going to be more affected by COVID. And they knew that too, which is why Fauci tried to say, yo, the Black community is going to have, it's going to be disproportionate for them because of the existence of underlying conditions like diabetes and things like that, that are more prevalent in their communities and kidney disease and things like that and high blood pressure those things are going to be more prevalent for them is going to affect them on a greater scale and that's exactly what we saw because i remember because and, and the thing is unfortunately um because black people have been impacted and they they don't trust anybody that also means they're more susceptible to every conspiracy theory known to man and yes while some of them have some truth some of them are ridiculous so the first one was that black people can't get COVID. Which I I was like, huh?
1: <laughs> I wish we had that superpower. That like, would be I, nice.
0: Look, I yo, you ain't seen all cause look, man, open your third eye, man. It's the people in the Africa ain't get it.
1: I'm the fake like, woke the I, people that are so
0: woke they need to take it oh out. Oh my God. Like I look I'm in the um on Facebook there's a uh a hope a hotel uh group but there nobody's actually a hot tub so what you do is you go in a group and you just post like you're a hot tub it's because <laughs> they oh just people just make up stuff and it'd be the most ridiculous stuff in the world. And I'd be like, this is how these dudes talk though. They really be thinking they know what they're talking about. And I'm like, y'all dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. Dumb dumb. <laughs> like And
1: like, it's just crazy. And like the folks that are saying this is my favorite type of folks I'm not going to vote because our votes don't matter anyway. They're going to choose who they want to choose, which there is some truth to that. But it's it, it's ridiculous because and it's my, exhausting to see. I would
0: think, my thing is this. I always tell him I say, my, come on, me, my, my brother had the same argument actually on the episode of the podcast. He, he's like, I'm just not going to, it's just, I don't see the. It's like, yo, here's my thing. Y'all said you're saying shit last time, and that's how we got Trump. Exactly. So if y'all fuck this up again, I'm finding each and every one of y'all motherfuckers and I'm punching you in the throat. <laughs> Punch you in the throat, right? I'm going around and punching you niggas in the. Th- it's like my friend years ago when we was in high school. He always said, he always said like, yo, if my girl ever called me, if you ever take me to California to go on the Jerry Springer show, and I walk out, I'm just gonna hit everybody automatically because I know it's gonna be some bullshit. I might as well start hitting y'all now. <laughs>
1: Right, just come I mean, out like, okay,
0: which one of you is the <laughs> trans person? Which one of you sleeping with my cousin? Look, uh, I think when I, I stopped, uh, speaking of that, the, when I stopped watching Jerry Springer, it was just one episode and it was the most ridiculous fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. It was like, the woman was on the show cause she was uh, suspecting her son, her, her, her man, was, her husband was cheating. So they had, they followed the husband come to find out he was going to KKK rallies. So of course he comes out in his KKK outfit. Well, all right, you know typical racist shit. Okay, cool. And he's like, no, he actually is having an affair. All right, cool. We are gonna bring out the person he having an affair with. <laughs> so okay, he's in the KKK. He's a white guy. So it's gonna be a you know probably a black a black woman. Oh no. Black guy would go here, come out. I'm like, oh fuck his show. Oh wow! (laughs) I said, yeah, that is. (laughs) So not only, (laughs) (laughs) not only just doing the KKK cheating, you cheating with a black person, but it's a black man would go here and do come out here all in all his glory, and I'm like, you know what? Wow! I'm gonna just. I said, you know what? I just said, yep. I think that was the last time and I hit my remote and I said, click, I'm going to go to bed now.
1: Yeah, like, nothing against the LG. Nothing, nothing ones.
0: at all. It was just nothing at all. the ridiculousness of this entire scenario. <laughs> it and was it's like not just. The extremes of, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, Jerry Springer and Mari those two, like, it is so much of a train wreck. And you know it's safe. You know this could never happen in a million years, but it is so entertaining to watch
0: Maury was, until Maury is ridiculous. it goes overboard. It's, why are you on here the seventh time trying to find out who the daddy is? By this point, it don't even matter.
1: <laughs> right, at this point, it, just go ahead, like, accept your responsibility as a single mother and keep pushing.
0: you a hoe. Like, I,
1: <laughs> if you went through seven dudes and you still don't know who the daddy is, you still don't. Just, know. Just I don't. just saw someone that. Was up to, I think, the 15th person. It's like, he was testing. Why do you keep coming over here? No. <laughs> like, if I was Mari in the situation and I see the same old broad, like, like the 20th time, I would just have been.
0: Right, you, baby, you might as well band. just charge us a loss. <laughs> right,
1: like, is, I'm sick of seeing your face because like, it has been cause, 15 Because the thing is, in order
0: for this to happen, you would have had to have all, mess with all these dudes within like a week or two. Like, it, right. it wasn't like a long period of time. Like,
1: <laughs> it would have even
0: unbelievable at this point. Like, no, this is like, it was like, if he was like, what the fuck was this a train? Like, I'm. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the only other option. <laughs> like, what is like, like, what's going on in your life? Like, was you a bus out Like, I mean,
0: what the. <laughs> All I can think of (laughs) I'm so confused. Oh my god! But no, I look, and my thing is this: I wonder, like, when he goes on to Connie, Connie, like, the fuck is like, does she just be looking at him funny, like, I'm a. She probably
1: used to it by now. I'm
0: sure she is. I'm like, like. the fuck is going on with the show?
1: <laughs> like, she's probably just looking forward to the next ridiculous like, story, because you know point, she retired. She's like,
0: I ain't got shit else to do. I'm sitting at home and watch this bullshit my husband do.
1: <laughs> like, so honey, what kind of ridiculous bullshit did you deal with today? With
0: this old X-Track star cameraman and shit. <laughs> oh my God. That would just be out
1: <laughs> Man, the cameraman on the Mari show, they need to go ahead and run in the Olympics. For sure. Because they go... So fast.
0: Like, even there need to be receivers. Like, they, equipment. Right. Even that niggas got like, yeah, you can. As far as these niggas got hands, they gonna. The line use a receiver or something. Like, for real. <laughs> <laughs> because these niggas right here. For real. They be gone. I'm like, dog. What the hell? How do y'all be catching up to them this is quick? But yeah, yeah. Um.
1: I think it's part of their like job training for the job. Like, this is part orientation. Run 50 miles.
0: Right. I think it was uh, it was some guy who uh, one of the guys uh, one of the um, YouTube guys who did a thing where they was like on the track and he was like this is a Mori uh, training um, in the system and he was like, <laughs> with They was on the track running around and he's like running with the cameras and stuff. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. So, um, I was so I was seeing something so. You know, they recently announced uh, the more recent Double uh, XL freshman. I don't, I don't know most of them. I did see that. Huh. So, recently, they think they came out with the Cyphers, was the most recent right. thing they came out with. And so, there was a clip floating around Mulatto's um, freestyle or whatever, Cypher. And somebody made a comment on Twitter and it said, See, that she got the sex appeal or the presence that y'all think Meg got. And it's like. <laughs>
1: I did see that one. Why is this a thing? Like, why, why are is it, we still comparing you, women?
0: Why That's the thing. Why is it... First of all, why are you comparing women? They're two different people. Second of all, why do you feel the need to tear down one woman to, to bring... it? Like, you can say, yo, mulatto is dope and not have anything to do with Meg.
1: Right.
0: Like, why is this even necessary? Also, is it... And it also begins with a question, too, of... Is it you prefer mulatto because she's light-skinned, too? That's also a thing, because... Unfortunately, okay. colorism is a thing in our community, and some, you know, it's a lot of dudes that just they're dumb. But
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: It's just the best way I could put it.
1: So, yeah, like, I actually saw that article on, um, I believe, Hello Beautiful, and talking about how problematic Mulatto's name is, and also mentioned light skinned Keisha in the article as well, even though she's not really light skinned. That's
0: so good. That was the thing. So, my cousin. He posting is like people out here saying light skin Keisha ain't really light skin. It, it literally got like uh, eighty or ninety comments because oh they God. really was going back and forth about this, and I'm like. Okay, so apparently she used, she says she's light skinned Keisha because she's kept Keisha, she like Keisha from belly. So compared to right. her, she is light, but in right. general, she's not light skinned. She's more brown skinned or like, uh, like probably light brown, but she's not light- yeah, like a condo. Yeah, but she's not light skinned. Like she's not like high yellow or nothing like that. So. But that was the argument. They were going, they literally were going all day. I was like, why does this post have so many comments? I just sit there and read like, this really, y'all really? This intrigued by this debate or argument? But yeah, there is, there is a proliferation of like the colorism argument. It's just like what uh, happened with um, the dumb shit that Talib Kweli was doing. When he right. would, would started, I remember I had this argument with my brother, and I understood the premise of what the girl was saying. She didn't call out anybody specific, so that's why exactly. his his issue was not justified. She said almost all of these dudes would have white skinned wives or something to that effect. She didn't right, say Tyler like Kwali specifically has <laughs> a light skinned wife, but somehow Tyler Kwali, I felt was I felt like he just wanted to argue with somebody. That's basically the only thing I could think of. Cause it was nothing. Oh, yeah. He just felt like arguing with somebody. He just took it too far. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. There are people in real life that I'm not about to argue with for two weeks, three weeks, harass. This is not that serious. Yeah, when he got banned from Twitter, he was harassing her on Instagram for a while. I'm like, dude, don't you have that something no better to do with your life? Like, go make an album or something? It's like, dog, what the hell is wrong with you? Right. Like, it was just like... Like it's ridiculous, and he never once addressed it on his little podcast or nothing. And it's like you just go sit there, and it's like what made me more annoyed is that none of his rapper friends called him out for the dumb shit he was doing. But everybody in their mama when J Cole and the whole shit with J Cole and no name, everything was called like Chance and them called like nobody called Tyler off for this shit. Nobody, nobody said, "Look, nigga, you need just chill, nigga, chill out, calm yeah. the fuck down." It's just like all these rappers just just still quiet about the Tory shit. Speaking to of Tory bitch.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh yeah, Boosie talking about, "Yeah, I can't, I don't want to talk about, it. nigga, you talk about everything else you know nothing about."
1: You talk about how you set up your son to get molested, but you don't want to.
0: You, you comment on you waiting his daughter, but you ain't you don't know shit about clearly, but you can't comment on this. Okay. But yeah, it's a lot of niggas has been real awfully quiet. Like, uh like Bun said, look, uh, also, Torrey would not ever go nowhere near Houston. He might oh. not, he might not be able to go to Texas.
1: Like, That's a wrap. Like, that is a wrap. Like,
0: he might want to stay as far as he can away from Texas, because
1: he might as well go back to Canada. I
0: feel like if he crossed that border, like, as soon as he crossed over the state lines... It, it might he might catch us. he might it's like bird coming back to like detroit like you just look he might be hit making now but he still can't come here right i was <laughs> like, like yeah, it's still not don't, don't come back here but yeah i t- and so tory apparently so first he came on he denied that his streaming sales had took like a 40 percent plunge first of all that shouldn't be the first thing you say after you shot somebody we haven't heard exactly. from you in months nigga and the first thing you say is that you don't you ain't that you don't worry about the streaming sales. Okay. And so then we come to find that apparently the night it happened after it happened, he texted her saying he was too drunk. He was apologized for what he did. He didn't specify what he did, but he apologized saying he was too intoxicated. And I don't know about you, but even if I've ever been drunk, I don't think I've ever been drunk enough to say, you know, what? I'm gonna shoot somebody.
1: Exactly. Not,
0: not, not, I've never been there. I'm like, you know what? Look, I understand he has been the whole Napoleon complex thing going, but dog, what the fuck?
1: Man, they need to go ahead and stop making excuses for toxic masculinity. Like, that's simply put, like, I was drunk. That is not a decent excuse. Like, that's like saying, Oh, I was drunk, I didn't mean to kill you. Oh, I was drunk, I didn't mean to rape you.
0: No, like, that shit. You it's, did the
1: shit. You did the shit. And
0: even in that case, they would probably make up an excuse, like, "Well, what was she wearing, though? Or what did she do? Or what did she do?" In like, it's always this question about what the woman did. Or y'all know she probably like I saw some posts on it, like you know Nick May tried did she probably did some dessert shit? No, she didn't. Because I don't know what the fuck you thought. Did she have a gun on this nigga? Did she shoot him first? Because I'm sorry, I can't think of nothing she would have done first that would have made this nigga shoot her. And mind you, again, he shot her. In the back of her feet, she was walking away. So exactly. it wasn't even a situation like it wasn't like y'all was in a Mexican standoff and shit. Like nigga, yo. No.
1: <laughs> the fuck? Right. She was walking away, trying to de-escalate the situation, and he shot her because,
0: like, because at his that ego point, was hurt. Yeah, his, his ego, ego was hurt. hurt. He like because there are a lot of dudes that don't like when a woman doesn't want to engage. So if and if she walks away from the situation, it's like. And, and, and it happens on the other side, too, because I've been in situations where I'm I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just not. This is not my thing. Uh, and, and I would rather chill, and let the situation calm down, than sit there and fight. So I've stepped out of situations before, and people didn't like it. But I'm, my reaction is not going to be, like, you better not shoot me. What the f-? like? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, it's just crazy to me that... People, especially men, like they have this thing where it's like they don't ever want to acknowledge that these dudes are trash. It's just like I always say: if a woman posts something and says to this effect that these guys are trash, or these guys are this, or these guys are that, the first thing it's never gonna be—it's never a question of why do you feel that way. It's always no, all dudes ain't like that. I'm not like that, and it's like nigga, what she would? Why are you commenting? She wasn't talking to you, right? Like, first of all, stop trying to use this as a reason to try to slip inside her DM. That's the first thing. Second thing, ain't nobody give a damn about you. If, you, if, if the shoe don't fit, shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> but y'all niggas always want to make sure y'all voices are heard to tell everybody how y'all are not trash. But by the way y'all are doing it, you're just showing that you are trash cause you're not yeah. cause it, if you weren't trash you would actually yes, care about the fact that this woman is saying yo cause then you want to know why what is it about her experience that made her feel like that why what has she gone through what is she she's experienced with some of these guys that makes her feel like these niggas is trash that's to be the question but that's never the question it's literally right not, it's never cause you don't care about the woman you don't care about how she feels all you care about the fact that she called out dudes
1: Exactly. And she's already been through so much within the past less than two years. Yes, she is on a higher platform than ever before. Right. And she's doing so being unapologetic, expressing herself the way that she wants to express herself. And men are naturally intimidated by that. Yep. And it's all... Throughout her career saying oh she's a man she's not really a woman which is ridiculous and why is she calling herself a stallion that's a male horse like first of all that's Houston lingo so shut the hell up on that and the fact that she is expressing her sexuality and the fact that she has power over it that's what men don't like
0: yeah, that's true, I, it, guys. Well, I shouldn't say all men. Well, no, but you're right. I, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty broad spectrum of guys who don't have, they don't have, they have an issue with women owning their sexuality. It's just like I see the means where a woman and, and like I'll say like women's from uh, woman says pussy and nigga take a head off, the guy took his headphone off. Like, why is it y'all so intimidated by women saying the words that y'all men say all the time? I've listened to guys talk about y'all listen to all kinds. Like when WAP came out. Nah, nice. this is too vulgar. But like, nigga, I'm sorry. I grew up in the area with two golf crew. And the original, there's some holes in this house. Like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Nigga, I can Yelly had songs, nigga. The fuck are y'all yep.
1: talking about? We're too short, nigga. Like, Even back in the parents' day with Billy like, Jackson and Marvin Cease. Like, there's too many
0: examples of vulgar ass songs by men and for one that are just as bad if not worse than some instances and y'all y'all tripping over these women talking about what y'all always looking for any damn way like they're saying yo I know my shit good because you want it nigga like what the fuck like what is the problem but now
1: and the thing is they don't have to talk about sex all the time they don't they don't talk about sex all the time but like Mulatto said in her freestyle for the XXL Cypher, I don't have to rap about sex, but it's too good not to brag on it.
0: Niggas brag on their dick all day.
1: Hello. Niggas exactly. brag on their
0: dick. I've heard 50 million bars about nigga and they prowess in bed. 50, 50 Cent has a whole song about it. At least. At least. I've heard niggas rap about their dicks for years. Exactly. And nobody bitched about it. Nobody said, nah, nigga, stop rapping about your dick. But as soon as a woman talks about her own sexual prowess and owning her own sexuality and her using that shit to get, you know, using that shit for whatever she going, because at the end of the day, like I tell niggas all the time, like I had a conversation, um, because I was at a barbershop and my barber, it was this girl, the hairstylist, and she was, they was talking about, like, if a dude take you on a date or something to that effect. And he was like, yeah, he asked her, like, do he like, do you owe him? It was like, no, I said no. And he she was like, no, nah, that's his choice. If you decided to like spend money on me, I don't even have to get him shit. But exactly. if, it's just not the way that works. And I had the fact that I had to explain the consent to him. And so he was like, well, It's like? So and he was like, well, what do I have to marry? I said, it still don't matter. Yo, there's nothing in your, your vows that says you own her body, nigga. So if she don't feel like fucking you, she don't have to.
1: That's exactly. not That's not
0: how that shit works. You don't own her body because you because she's your wife. That's not how that works at all. So it's this whole like assuming so you many guys that don't understand that. And so if a woman is in control of her sexuality or she's she's showcasing her sexuality or flaunting it the way she wants to. It's just like it's always whenever a woman gets in sexually harassed or assaulted or there's always this question about what she was wearing. It's like who the fuck cares? You guys got to understand women don't dress sexy all the time for you niggas. Most of the time it's for them. They don't give a fuck about you. I want to get I want to get dialed up for myself. I want to get dialed up with my girls and go hang out and enjoy myself. Not I wanna get dog up, I'll go find a nigga, but that's apparently what niggas think is that every time a woman gets dressed up or she dressing sexy, she showing a little cleavage or whatever, or she got tight pants on or something, all of a sudden she going she looking for a man.
1: Exactly. And it's all going back to hip hop being so male dominated. Yeah. That they only treat women as objects for their pleasure. Yeah. For their gaze. And for their enjoyment. But once a woman is assertive herself, now it's a problem.
0: And I won't even just tie it to hip hop, it's been that society in general. Because even if you look at whether it's the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders or right. even all the beer commercials that we grew up watching, they've always used women as these objects to entice men. They've always been used as an object to entice men to either purchase a product or go to a certain place like, Oh, yo, you want to come here? Cause it's going to be a whole bunch of women. It's the same. It's the same rules that clubs operate, operate by, which is why they let more women in. So that it entices men to come in. Yeah, it's going to be more women. So now we, if we got more women in, more dudes going to come and spend money. Like it's all women have always been used as a, a way is a whole idea of sex sales, but it's only, it's only appropriate if men are the ones selling women, in their sexuality. That's what exactly. that's what it boils down to. If the men are contro- in control of selling that sexuality or the sexuality of women, everybody's fine with it. Nobody bats a fucking eye. But as soon as the women are in control of owning and selling, promoting their own sexuality, the, one they, the way they want and controlling their own narrative, that's when guys have a problem. And that's the reason why so many exactly. guys have a problem with Meg. Because Meg at 25 years old is more comfortable in her skin than most, most guys w- would accept. And she don't need these niggas and niggas don't like that shit.
1: And some women don't like that shit them, either. Yeah.
0: A lot of yeah, a lot of them don't. And it's crazy. A lot
1: of the pick me don't.
0: Yeah, and it's like they're either they're jealous because she's because she's comfortable with who she is. They're either jealous of that or they're jealous because she gets attention or like it's it's so many and it's like and also there are some women who still believe the whole patriarchal bullshit. There are some women that're still stuck in that shit. Cuz the reality Absolutely. is for years and for most of history women were raised with the idea that their goal was to find a man to take care of them.
1: Exactly, from parents to yeah. the church.
0: That was that was that was the that was the goal. That was the you need to find you a husband to the point where they were marrying off their daughters at 15, 16 years old to this man like, yo, you're going to marry him and this is, a, or like, yo, you're going to marry him and I'm going to get his goat. Like It was just like, these are the shit, like, women will use as bargaining chips for years. It's just like the whole idea of asking the father's permission to marry his daughter. And that came from this idea that the daughter was like the father's property to some extent. Like she was, like she might as well have been one of his livestock basically the way they treated him. Like I could see out of respect if, if that's something that woman wants, I understand it. But the whole idea came from the father owns the daughter and her chastity was his, his property as well. And it's like, it's just weird and creepy as fuck for me. Like very much so. Like very creepy. Like there's that no man should have any say so over a woman's body, ever.
1: Fucking ever. And that's and that's still happening, especially with the whole Ti situation with his daughter.
0: Yeah, and she yeah, and people
1: way, still think that way. Even
0: the way he he treats Tiny, like the way he re- re- referred to her, and I'm like, nigga, she's not just like, she's not just fucking like your sexual object dog but he's like referred to her like that and i'm like nigga that's your wife dog look my dad yeah. back when i was a kid like my dad made it clear to me <laughs> where i was <laughs> what it i was 14 years old i was like 13 or 14 years old and i don't know what i was doing this day i was feeling myself a really bit too much i don't know <laughs> i was beside myself and my mom asked me to do something and i stepped to her like i was like i was that nigga i don't know what i was thinking and so she made me go outside. She's like, you're going to stay outside till your dad get home. And I was like, all right. Am I? And so my dad got home. And he didn't even touch me. But he, he said to me, he said, and this is just real calm voice, which made it even more scary. He was like, you're my son. But nigga, that is my wife. If you ever, and I mean ever disrespect her again, nigga, I will end you. And I'm like,
1: wow. Oh, okay. I I know. I know. <laughs> Well, right. that made
0: you like your lesson. Alright, nah, nah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, nah, huh. learn that lesson real quick. But <laughs> like, it was never like even growing up like, it was always it was never a situation where my mom was not uh, equal to my dad. My mom worked until she couldn't. Like when she got sick and she was on disability is when she stopped working. But before that, my mom my mom and dad both worked. And, and she didn't become a housewife until she couldn't work anymore. So but before that she was pursuing her career moving up in her coming you know, on her career like like quickly so i never i never grew up in, i never saw like for me i always was raised i was i'll say this i was lucky i was raised by a lot of strong-willed women like even in my ground even with my grandma even though she she stayed at home my grandma was everybody boss oh, absolutely she wasn't scared of shit. And she, my grandma's was 4'11", and she ran that fucking house. All, she had a <laughs> bunch of boys, a couple girls, a few girls, and everybody was scared of her. My dad would tell us, it's like, look, if we got in trouble, it wasn't waiting till grandpa got home. By the time grandpa got home, we got our asses beat.
1: Exactly.
0: Like, my grandma didn't play with y'all. Like my mom said, when her and my dad started dating, and she would go to the store with my grandma, and she said, my grandma had this little tutu on her parts and be ready for somebody to walk up on them. Like, she will pop you in the good <laughs> right. of shit. And so I was raised by really, really strong women. And so I've never understood the idea of having a woman that's uh like submissive to the point where like you feel like you in control of her. Like that shit makes no sense to me. Like I had a friend who said like well, she couldn't lead a house if she wasn't like makeup, skirt. Like heels, I don't care if she was going to the corner store. Her her man would not like. She couldn't leave the house if she wasn't dialed up But I'm like, the fuck? Wow. What kind of bullshit. Like these niggas is ridiculous. Like this whole, well, you a rep- right, nigga? She's not your representative.
1: Exactly. She
0: should be equal to you, nigga. Yeah. F- like, and it's like it's this whole idea that guys view women as like some type of possession some 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 type of possession something they own, or and it's something like, yo, you better do this, or you gotta do this, or this is the expectation I have for you. Like what do all the expectation she have for you, nigga? What what are your ex, what are you what are you living up to? What are you doing? And don't say you just provided money and dick, cause that's not enough. Exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately, most dudes can only provide that, and sometimes not both.
1: So. <laughs> right.
0: So I was like, eh, eh. Yeah, so, yeah
1: it's, it's definitely interesting how some men operate
0: very much so so there's been a lot of controversy um so what was it like three weeks ago three weeks ago Joe Budden announced that he was leaving Spotify and uh right. he went on a long, cause, long very long rant as Joe was known to do um, and he went to very, very detail about why what happened. Um, and ever since then, <laughs> a lot of other shit just kind of trickling out out of nowhere. It's like, hmm. And look.
1: It's a nice trickle effect.
0: Like, very much so. And it's like, and it's not I'm not defending anything he's done, because I don't, you know, that's that's not like, at the end of the day, if you put your hands on a woman, you a trash nigga, I don't know who the fuck you are. Um, Absolutely. That's just reality of it. That it you trash, I'm fucking care But the the timing of it is definitely not lost on me because it just seemed like all of a sudden all this shit just trickling. Me. It's like for all like it's like for one thing to come out, maybe. It's like four five. it's like a new story every other day. Like was Spotify holding all this shit in the tuck, like yo. Under these the hounds, like what the fuck? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's
0: like, definitely some interesting timing. It's like, yeah, yeah, y'all had this shit like, ah, oh, send the package.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Like, ah, they yeah, pushed that button real quick. And look. Yeah, pull the lever across. Yeah, like, yo. And like, look. Joe is a character. Joe is, um, he's a, Joe is... Something. He's, he's Joe. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, Joe is Joe. Joe is Joe. Joe has been Joe. Um, he yeah because I I, yeah Joe's Joe that's the best way I could describe it because I don't know Joe personally I know people who know Joe personally but I don't know Joe personally like that so I can't say too much about it outside of that but I'll just say I'm more so about like at the end of the day I don't necessarily think he was wrong as far as his whole idea the whole reason he was choosing to leave Spotify because the whole reason he was like he was preaching ownership and when they offered him a new contract they said yo it's fine that we we want to give you more money. And this and this is my thing. Whenever somebody is negotiating, unfortunately, the the people, the regular people or people who listen to it, all they're looking to is like, oh, but they offered you more money. Well, right. what are they asking for? In Like return? it comes out of cost. Like they were asking for not just the podcast. They were asking for my pull-ups. They were asking for Rory, like rights to Rory's album shit that he was doing. The production shit, the engineering shit that Parks was doing. Like they were asking for a lot of shit. Right. And it's like, it's a, basically it as worth it was a three sixty deal. They were getting offered. And it's like, why am I gonna give you all my shit? Like that don't make sense. So I understood that his point of view was like, yo, I don't wanna do that. Um it's like, that's not what I signed up for. And yeah, I signed this deal for information. I didn't necessarily get the information I was told because y'all kind of switched up stuff. And that's always the thing, like with the whole streaming thing is like, it's, it's still a thing that a lot of people are still adjusting to trying to figure out. And it's like, because you don't know, like I, who determines what a stream is worth or how much money I'm gonna get for it. Like, I still don't know who that is or who that person is. Or like, no, nah, I've never heard this person's name. I just. Like what qualified them to determine that? I just didn't want to know. But it's just. But I will say this: it, it definitely it, just, it was convenient how everything just kind of came out. But like I said, if he if he put his hands on a woman, whether it's uh, now the Tahiri situation, he he uh, that one I know because he explained that when he because he said that situation some dude punched her and the way she described it. Now I don't know what the other stuff, but he she he just like he had like receipts for that situation. I don't know about anything else that may have happened between between him and her, but um, and this is the first time it's coming out. and it's like, so I don't know, because the only one I knew about for sure was the Esther Baxter situation. I knew about Absolutely. that. One. Knew about that one. um
1: yes. and then that came out like kind of conveniently for Tahiri too. Yeah, cause, and it was it right after the
0: Vidal situation with her on the show. Exactly. And she was, and I guess that was the interview she was doing, and she started going in on, on Joe. And this thing is apparently, from what Joe was saying, like, you still reach out to me for, like, like when that, that situation, we were talking. Like, I was looking out for you, and I was there for you. So it was like, and he was like, yo, that dude at the club punched you, and I wasn't even there. So I'm trying to figure out why you even implied that it was me when your oh. nose got broken. And so... And, like, he, I'm not surprised when, like, because I'll say this, Why I necessarily don't necessarily, like, I don't, I'm not going to like I'm on Joe's side, Tahiri does seem to do anything for a check.
1: Absolutely. And the, and the Vado relationship,
0: and and relationship came out of nowhere because, like, he still says, I don't even think y'all niggas in a relationship because I don't know where the fuck they even started. <laughs> right. Like, so, like, on some level, like, he does think, like, and so i so here he does seem to do anything for a, a check which is you know you're entitled to do that but and eh, you know sometimes people will sacrifice their you know morals for a check too unfortunately and that tends to be a thing yeah.
1: and it seems to be the point where it's kind of like unbelievable too because wow, you're throwing Joe under the bus. But then when you were on Love and Hip Hop recently, you were all gassed up in front of his baby mama. Yep. That, oh, I'm the first, I'm the first lady and all that, like... Girl, yeah, doing the absolute utmost. Right. So it kind of
0: damages her credibility a little bit. And it's so, and I understand, and I agree with what he says. Like you saying some shit like that when it's not true does make it harder for people when that when shit is real because enough people come out and make these fake ass allegations, it makes it so when somebody does come out with a real one, you're looking like, well, I gotta wait to see. And it's like you shouldn't have to. Like I shouldn't be able to. When a woman comes to me and says she's been abused, I shouldn't have to question whether she's telling the truth. And right, unfortunately exactly. there have been too many women who have it's just like I'll say this there are women who use their power so women and women do, do have power in certain situations when it comes to dealing with men they have power when it comes to child support and they definitely have power when it comes to abuse allegations because if because reality is that if a woman just says you abused her and it's not true even if it comes out and is not true by the time it comes out that it's not true, your reputation is already ruined. Exactly. And it's hard as hell to come back from that. Even just the allegation is hard as hell to come back from. And then, and also when it comes to women who use child support as a weapon. And it's like, what? yo, like I remember my boy when he was going through it and his baby mom was asking for a certain amount of money but unlike a lot of dudes, he had the shit together. He documented every dime he spent on his son. And so they were like, no, you really only getting like a hundred a month because he spends all everything else he pays for. So there's no reason for you to get any more money than that because he literally paying for everything else. He has it all documented here because she was trying to get a lot. And he was like, yo, no, here's my, here's all my documentation for everything that I paid for. Well, I a know, like yeah and that's what a lot of dudes don't do that they don't think about that and it's like but you also got to know your personnel you got to know who you're dealing with and if you know this person can be spiteful you need to protect yourself because unfortunately exactly. you don't know what that person's feelings may be about whatever your situation was whether it's yo y'all broke up you whether you hurt her whether she hurt you or she just like feeling away about the fact that you may have moved on is just what it is and the only way she has to get back at you is that way and I right. hate when people use their children as a way to get back at a, a significant other either on either case it's just like why wow, this child because first of all we put your kid in the middle of this shit that's between y'all exactly. that's between y'all can you put this kid with traumatic experience just so you can get all get your shit off and it's like that's not cool
1: right And you're making the child pay for your failed relationship right mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of interesting and it kind of made me think about like this whole situation that's going on with Dr. Drake
0: I was, and I was the was, the um, support. <laughs> and look. Look, man. I just want to know what nine hundred thousand dollars in entertainment a month looks like. <laughs> 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 like, are you, like, are you booking Drake in your backyard every month? Like, I just need to know. It's like.
1: Well, you have to also understand considering the fact that They've been married for 24 years. Right. And he's a billionaire. Right. So, obviously, there is a lifestyle that is very different from ours. I,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm totally aware of, I understand that part. I just want to know what 900K a month the entertainment looks like.
1: <laughs> I mean, you have to understand like, there's expensive cars, there's probably a got or two in there somewhere, uh, vacations, vacations, every other weekend so but yeah it is definitely very excessive but it's kind of like I'm on the fence with it like yes 900k for entertainment and 20k for the cell phone bill I don't know if she's either calling to Mars or Thanos. she has at sure. she, goes. she goes. <laughs> um, I'm just saying like so yeah it is definitely excessive but considering
0: the lifestyle that she's had for the past twenty-four years, she doesn't want to let it go. Oh no, I totally get that. I'm not look. I don't begrudge her. You got to shoot your shot because she mm-hmm. already did the because she tried the whole prenup thing. Come to find out, he does have one. Because she, right. my thing is this: I don't understand why she didn't her being a lawyer. Because that's another thing I don't understand: the tuition thing. Ain't you? A, I'm confused. First of all, what tuition is sixty thousand a month?
1: Yeah, and all the kids as
0: they're grown. As
1: far as I
0: know, they're grown. One is at USC, but I'm sure he's paying for that. So I'm confused on what tuition and, and housing is sixty grand a month.
1: First of all, what school is that? Ain't no way
0: she's paying loans or anything. So. There's like I'm confused. Yeah, I'm sure are. like she ain't got no debts. So I'm like, right. like, so I'm like, what's What is sixty thousand a month for education? Who's education?
1: What are you and learning? The Da Vinci Code? <laughs> right the Da I can't. All right. And then also, $125,000
0: for cha- cha- charitable. Why am I paying for you to donate stuff?
1: <laughs> like, last time I checked, I don't need your help. To donate
0: my own damn money. <laughs> am I getting a tax credit? I'm confused.
1: <laughs> That's my question, too. Wait, why am like, I can I donate my money. Like, I can donate. Need uh, why,
0: why, why are you. I'm confused. On that one, that one, and the only other one that really annoyed me was the, the $10,000 for laundry, but then one hundred thirty five k for clothes. For new clothes. What the hell are you washing? <laughs> <laughs> but then
1: again, I kind of understand, too, because most likely she has. Very expensive
0: pieces. Just watch you just new that buy new clothes. There's no point to spend. Why are you spending ten thousand? You might as well just buy new clothes. <laughs> just keep buying yeah, new you clothes. Can scratch that off. One hundred and thirty-five. Just ten grand saved. Look, but like I said, shoot yeah. your shot. And at the end of the day, he has to do it because of California. It's ten. Once you you married ten years, he has to support her. That's that's a rule in California. So, I mean, he has. And I wouldn't to. be surprised if it's
1: not if it's just like a placeholder like those are estimations obviously she's going to get a lot of money yeah she's going to get like we know she's not going to get
0: half because of the prenup but she's going to get money she's going to get at the very least she's going to get her sponsor support what the number is going to be I have no idea but right now I think she's going to get 24 million just under 24 million a year um, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, and that's hey, look, if she gets it, she gets it. $24 million a year for him ain't going to be nothing but a drop in the bucket any damn way. So it's not like exactly. he can make that. She going to make more than that back anyway. So it's like, eh, at the, the day, at the end of the day, is more like a prior thing. Like, look, he ain't giving up half like Bezos had to do. <laughs> And Bezos and right. made more than that, double that back by now.
1: So Exactly <laughs> to the point where his ex-wife is now the richest woman in the world. Right.
0: So it's like, and right, and she wasn't even like she wasn't even a list. Like instantly divorced. Now she's the richest woman in the world. That's ridiculous. Right. Like yeah, I'm a. i am I think I give it
1: to her, but give it back to HBCUs so. though. <laughs> yeah. got give it up to her for
0: that. Yeah, that's true too. And I, and I, I appreciate that because it's like, okay, all right, I see you. I see you. Okay, all right, lady. But yeah, right. it's. So I was talking about. Um, I mentioned this like, like uh, briefly in my last podcast, but I said black people got to step up with their conspiracy theories because white people then went overboard. You heard the QAnon theories
1: As I hear my dog in the background,
0: dog say, "Yeah, we want in on this." <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I have an opinion.
0: Right. Like I have a hot take.
1: (laughs) All right. Well.
0: So apparently, the QAnon theory is that Trump is a secret a secret agent. He's secretly working undercover to um, destroy a liberal um, sex trafficking ring. And child pornography ring and he is the secret undercover agent trying to break it. And apparently all the people that are members of it are like Jay-Z, Hillary Clinton and Trump is the the guy undercover trying to break this up. That is the q Okay. First
1: and foremost, (laughs) Trump
0: is not that smart. They are giving... I'm like, who y'all... Why are y'all giving him so much credit?
1: Like You're talking about a man that got out of military deployment Multiple times, claiming he had bone spurs. What makes you think he has so much pride in this country to become a secret agent? This is not James Bond. This is my golden eye. Right, is...
0: it's like that's how it sounds. And the crazy part is, there one of the I guess one of the people who's uh, running for Congress or something. She actually the one she won that one of the nominations. Um, she won one of the primaries. She's actually just a, Q, a QAnon supporter. So it's like, y'all about to have any people in fucking the like Senate? Oh, fuck no. Like, this is not, that's not okay. But yeah, these people are nuts. Trump has retweeted this, this shit before. Like, they are ridiculous. They, like, I'm like, look. But I, black people, was cool with the whole Illuminati thing and all the rappers and stuff around right there. But y'all, they like, nah, we got like, hold my beer, we got one for y'all. <laughs>
1: like, hold my we, beer. We
0: got one for y'all. Y'all ain't gonna like, hold my white
1: claw.
0: Y'all thought that was that. Y'all thought that shit was cool. Nah, uh, hold my Zima. I got one for you. <laughs> so, oh my gosh I've had an issue with this um this person for a while, um, Mr. Skip Bayless. I uh, fucking hate Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless oh has God. made millions of dollars for hating one black man, that's LeBron James.
1: Oh he's God. literally
0: made millions of dollars for hating and critiquing and criticizing and bashing one person. He literally owes LeBron oh half his fortune. God. And the fuck, the, and the, the great thing about it on LeBron's part is LeBron's literally never acknowledged this nigga. <laughs> he's <laughs> never said a word, but he's never said this nigga name. <laughs> He purposely yeah. has not acknowledged this nigga the entire time. And I love that so much. Because <laughs> he's literally yeah. just never said this nigga's name.
1: Paying him in dust.
0: At all. So, Skip Bayless has said a lot of dumb shit. Um, and so it was a, out of it. He dust just what he does. So, yesterday, Dak Prescott came out and he talked about how. Um, He had he had experienced some depression and some um, some anxiety going through quarantine, especially because his brother had uh, committed suicide. And so he was he dealt with a lot of um, anxiety and depression during that period over the last few months, especially when COVID hit. And just being at home and everything and just and also having to deal with the loss of his brother, which is a lot. So and he, you know, in a very moment, he admitted that he had been dealing with those things. Skip, are you
1: talking
0: about Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott, yes. All right. And so Skip decided, he started his premise by saying, you guys going to probably condemn me for this point of view. Right. But I have no sympathy for him and him and his experience and with his depression and anxiety um, because you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You are the leader of 53 men and... You can't admit this publicly because it makes you look weak, essentially, is what he said.
1: Mm. So that kind of goes back to what we said earlier about the football fans booing before the Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans game. They don't care about your issue. They just want you to shut up
0: and play football and and the thing is also with the skip issue is it also speaks to this whole myth that men especially football players have to be strong no matter what and put on a facade they can't be vulnerable they can't admit their weaknesses um, it's it's a big reason why mental health has not been ad- was not addressed in the black community for so long because it was this whole the black community don't and, and just growing up we just we just kind of we were always taught to just kind of handle it just kind of handle it it's, especially black men you can't show weakness you can't show when you're vulnerable you can't show when you're hurt you can't show when you're upset um, I remember growing up my like my mom but my dad was always like I've seen my father get emotional twice in my life the day my grandmother passed away and even then it wasn't until they took her out the house because he was the one like my father's the youngest boy on his side on his on his side and but he's the one that everybody he's like the responsible he's the most responsible one so he's the one that everybody go to so he was the one in charge of like having no my grandmother's um, arrangements her hospice everything and so she passed away in her sleep in the house so we went and we got called at like 4 o'clock in the morning we got called over to the house and my father was like you know taking care of everything everybody else is emotional we go in there to see her my father was you know he's busy getting you know getting the arrangements to get her taken out get the house you know get the people to come pick her up funeral arrangements all this stuff it wasn't until they actually came and took her out the house that he lost it it finally hit him and he lost his mom yeah. and then the other time was my mom the day of my mom's funeral and I remember I walked in the back and he was in the room and I just saw him crying and I had never seen him like that and even at the funeral I remember one of my family members said you know you're going to get through this and he was like I'm, I'm not sure. I had never seen my father like that so but he was able to show that emotion even when I was a kid like I I was I was when I was at elementary school I was what people would call a crybaby Like I just this is what it was so <laughs> It, was, it just was, but my father never like shunned me for being like who I was. I was an expressive, I was an emotional kid. Like I was my mother's child. This is what it was. So, but he never like said, "Oh, you a punk because you're crying" or anything like that. And even as I got older, you know, whenever I would get in trouble or if I would do something, my father would have conversations with me. So he would know what was going on as opposed to him just assuming or saying, "Oh, you did something wrong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna punish you." And so. I, I was lucky that I didn't grow up in a household that kind of stunted my growth as a well-rounded person that could express themselves and not have their emotions cut off because what you end up seeing when you start to go out and you start meeting people and you get in relationships and things like that is a lot of people that didn't have that they were wow. they were raised in a household where their, their their feelings weren't acknowledged um they didn't they weren't allowed to have any well uh, you in my household you don't got no opinions, or I don't care about your feelings, or any of that shit. And so they weren't. I remember my ex got mad at me because we were having relationship issues. She was mad because I would go to my parents for advice. I'm like, well, niggas, they've been married for thirty years. Why would I not go to them? They've been oh. through everything. She's like, well, I only talk to people like my peers, and I'm like, nigga, you talk to my brother and his friends. Them niggas don't know a relationship. it hit him on the head. Why would I talk to right. the niggas? Well, I'm gonna talk to people who know shit about a rela- a committed relationship, instead of talking to people who have more experience than I can even count. And she's like, "Well, because I don't have that relationship with my mom, I can't go to talk." I said, "Well, I can't help, but you don't have a relationship with, like with your mom like that." But me, on the other hand, and also, I, I could talk to your mom about relationship stuff. Your mom talked to me all the time and tell me all the time not to let you stress me out, and she appreciated how much I tried. So just because you didn't have a relationship with your mama, don't mean I couldn't. Your mom told me I'm talking. Oh. I can call anytime I want to. So I can't speak to what your relationship was, and it's probably because y'all clash so much because our personalities are so much similar. But you can't begrudge me because I can talk to my parents. Like that should be the way it should be. I should be able to go talk to my parents. <laughs> like, oh. and she and she just didn't understand that. And I'm like, there's a lot of people that don't get that, and it's like they don't have that relationship or they don't have that that luxury of you know having a acknowledge because there's always been that whole separation of I'm the parent, you're the kid type of thing when you're growing up. And it doesn't change for a lot of people. And so it, him saying that he doesn't have any sympathy because you're the cure to back and you're the you're supposed to be a leader. I said part of being a leader is being able to admit when you're not right. You're not 100%. You're That's not because you know, you you are not going to be 100%. You're not going to be on all the time. Everybody has moments when they're like, I don't know if I can do this. I went through. One mother passed away. I didn't allow myself to a time to grieve because I was so concerned with everybody else. I was concerned with my dad. I was concerned with my brother and my sister, and I was so concerned with everybody else and what they were dealing with. I never. I didn't allow myself a chance to grieve. It was about two years before I finally allowed myself to truly grieve because I was so focused on everybody else. And I told myself I can never do that again because it wasn't good for me. It affected my relationships with other people because i was i was holding on to that pain and not allowing it to actually just get out and you just can't you can't do that you have to be able to admit that and a lot of people don't seem to understand and the worst thing about it is that skip has talked about mental health stuff and his his acknowledgement of it and stuff like that and even doing with himself so for him to come out and then call him out just because he's the quarterback you old dumbass exactly <laughs> it, it don't you sell
1: exactly and it is the wrong type of message that you want to put out but unfortunately it's a common message especially among the african-american community which was brought up on sweeping things under the rug and just dealing it the dealing with it the best way that you can without showing emotion and that's something that we need to encourage especially among our black men right guess what's happening like if you're not allowing them to show emotion and to normalize it. Most importantly, you. this is where we have toxic masculinity coming in, to so where showing emotion, even an ounce, is considered as, oh, you're feminine. or, oh, you're gay, if you're showing emotion. Like, that's something that needs to be squashed, and we need to normalize getting mental health. Uh, getting mental help with our situation, and allowing ourselves and allowing those around us to have the freedom to be emotional because it's healing. At the end of the day,
0: right? I uh, I say it for a lot of people, especially when like if you are a man who's never really dealt with your own emotions, your own situ- your own mental health. A lot of men don't even ever get into a conversation about it until they end up in like marriage counseling. By then, it's a little too far gone because you've already become who you are. And it's harder to break down those walls at that point, because you're not just breaking them down for yourself. It's a lot easier to do it when you're just, you're doing it for yourself. But now it's not just you that's impacted by it. It's somebody else who's in this relationship, who's already committed to you. So now I'm trying to break down these walls, which may have taken me 20 plus years to get to a point where I'm trying to do, but I'm also doing it for a specific reason and that's to save my relationship. And that's harder to do because it puts a pressure on you to make sure that you're doing it and it's not doing it for the sake of your own mental stability. So mental health should be a conversation early on, whether it's in high school, college, like it should be a conversation that you're having early on in your household because at the end of the day, like, that's the one thing I also appreciate about my, growing up is that we were always, we were, we were always able to talk to our parents. Like anytime oh. we were all around each other, we was always a conversation. And my parents, it wasn't really too many like secrets in my like, house as far as like what was going on. Like my parents knew what the fuck we was doing and we would talk to them about it, and we could talk about anything. It, didn't matter if it was whatever dumb shit we were doing. Like it was very, like we always had a very open form in my, my house. So I think that, that ability to do that and talk, um, it, it and my parents being very open-minded in so many different things and allowing us to just explore. They didn't, they didn't say you had to only do this one thing or you had to be this way or act this way. They allowed us to explore and, and really figure things out on, a lot, on our own. And so I think it made us well, a lot more well-rounded and allowed us to experience a lot of different things that a lot of kids my age or kids I grew up with didn't experience or didn't get into. Like, that's why you have so many people in the city around um, michigan that don't venture outside of michigan because it's outside their comfort zone especially in the black oh. community like i remember one i remember my, my friend she was a, she was from utah i think and she was a pre-med at wayne state white girl and she uh she was showing one of her friends here like she was um she was showing one of the guys here that she knew a picture of her backyard and she was like he was like Is that a postcard like that was a picture He's like, no, that's my backyard in Utah. Like, that's in his. He thought it was like a picture of a mountain with snow and shit. He thought like it was like a, like a postcard or some shit. He's like, no, that's my backyard. Like, he's like, wow, really? It looks like that. I'm like, yeah. should probably venture out and go to different places. And she's like, oh. she said, I was so surprised by some people who've never been outside of Michigan. I said, yeah, pretty much. If they they've either been to Cedar Point or they've been to like Canada on a whim, but that's probably the extent of their traveling. Or they probably been up north maybe if they're lucky, but. A lot of people in Michigan don't venture outside their comfort zone outside of past Ohio and maybe Chicago to Florida Taste Fest. That's about as far as they go. Four hours is probably their limitation on either side. Right. Wow. And it's like, y'all got to get and venture out and get outside their comfort zone. I remember, even and even just going to different places, I remember one of my friends... She told me that I remember I was like, you know, I want to go to, and I like, I like traveling and I like places like whether it's Europe, you know, it could be anywhere from Jamaica to Europe. And she's like, I don't want to go to Europe. I said, why not? She said, it's not enough black people. And I said, well, okay, you're kind of limiting yourself there. And it's fine. Yes, and uh,
1: it's a misconception too. Very, much, a so. Lot of very black much so. Very much so. Who are either born in Europe? Yep. Or they migrate there.
0: Yep. Is. And it's like they, because it's like the perception is all oh, Europe is white. And it's like, no, there are lots of black people there. There's like there are more black people in Asia that you have no idea They're, but they're there. Absolutely. Like, and that's the thing, like uh, people have these uh, perceptions of these countries based on what they saw on TV or something. And so they don't actually know what's there. I'm like, no. Those countries are just as diverse in a lot of places as we are. Y'all just assume because Americans told y'all that we're the most, we're the melting pot, that y'all assume nobody else is.
1: Exactly. And there are some of the most beautiful places yeah. that I've seen on Instagram. A lot of black people go. Oh, Greece being one of them. Yes. That is like my dream to go to Mykonos. I don't know how to pronounce it, <laughs> but man that is definitely a bucket list trip so there's nothing wrong with exploring and expanding your horizon
0: yeah and i think part of that is you open yourself up to so many things um just by getting away and going to different places and i think you start when you come back from a place when you you get to experience different things and understand like just how different i think sometimes you are i think it does two things one it makes you more aware of what goes on around the world. And also, it gets you, and also in some ways you may, you start to look at things in your own space a lot differently. You oh. like, um, for example, my sister's best friend, she, um, I think when they started, I think it was middle school. When they started middle school, she, um, her mom went to the air force. So they moved. I think the first time they moved was to Italy. And then they went to Germany oh. and then eventually they ended up in South Carolina. And so, and my sister at one point would go, like her best friend would come here for the summer and stay with us. And then one Christmas, she went to Germany and stayed with them for Christmas. And then, and now her best friend, her best friend's husband, he just joined the Air Force. You so he's about to, he's about to get stationed in Tokyo, I think, uh, Tokyo, I think it is. Oh, wow. Next year for a year. But she's not going, she can't go with him there. But then he's also, after that, he's going to Guam. And so after that, when he goes to Guam is when she's going to be going with him. But like, and she's like, look, I've been. I'm. It's not. It's not really anything crazy to me because I've been traveling. Like I did on my mom, so it's like for me, it's nothing new, really. And I think the experience of being able to just say, look, you know, it's cool. It's just a new experience. I think those experiences. I I think I would say life is nothing but um, is a series of moments and experiences. And the more you can add to your, you know, to your, you know, to your, you know, palette, is the better it is because you just it just opens you up to so many different things and that's the one thing i appreciate about being able to travel and i love to travel because of that like because it's like it's just so many different places to visit and so many different things you can experience and, and see and witness like the beauty of the world in like so many different ways and people just don't understand it cuz they limit themselves to so many different things here
1: absolutely and that's with everything that's going on you know whether it's exploring new places or even kind of understanding you know the plight of another person that's different from you. And I think that if we open our minds to at least trying to understand another walk of life, then it would be a lot better. But unfortunately, there are people who believe ignorance is bliss and are so close-minded that they're just used to it. That's all they know, and that's all they're going to get used to And they're not going to budge for anything or anyone, and that's causing a lot more issues with our society.
0: Yes, the whole idea of out of sight, out of mind. If it ain't affected me, if ain't got nothing to do with me, I don't need to know about it. And it's like, haven't you like? And it's like it's partly also just the idea of like, aren't like just some level of compassion or understanding or just, yo, I see what you're dealing with, and I understand. I know it's wrong, but. I don't want to get lumped in that situation, so I'm just gonna kind of look the other way. And it's like you're complicit. You're complicit in this shit. It's just like I always say, if if one of my friends is putting his hands on women and I know about it and I don't do shit about it, and I don't I don't call that nigga out, I don't I don't address that shit with him, then I'm complicit. Cause you can't I can't say I'm your I'm s I can not say i am your i am i can not be acquainted with anybody, first of all, just putting their hands on women. But if I know about the shit and I ain't said shit or did something to it to that nigga, then I'm just as complicit as in him because I'm allowing this shit to happen and I haven't tried to change it. I haven't tried to rectify that situation. And if as long as I'm around you, I'm co-signing the shit you're doing. I'm a firm believer in that. So I can't be associated with you. I can't be around you. I can't be seen with you if you're doing some shit that I don't agree with. And I damn sure ain't about to be associated with nobody that's putting their hands on women. Because as I find out, I'm putting my hands on you. <laughs> exactly because like, apparently you think it's cool for when you put hands on people so I'm gonna see how you like it like that's just that's just what it is so I, I just don't and so it's just like when we people are so many um, people say I'm not racist it's like it's it's not it's it's not cool to just not be racist it's you have to be anti-racist you have to call that shit out when you see it that's exactly. bullshit you're like that's bullshit instead of well I don't see color no that's not that's not Also, saying I don't see color is basically saying you acknowledge who I am. Because it's like, if I don't see who you are, I see you as all the same people. We're not all the same people, and that's the whole point. You have to, you can not be racist and acknowledge that we are different people, but acknowledging that we're different people, but we also have different experiences. But we also have some experiences that are similar. And if we actually talked and actually tried, if you actually opened your mind up and actually opened your ears and your eyes to see that, we can probably learn a lot from each other. But, unfortunately, there are just too many people that are so, like, oh, I'm just going to kind of stay over here in my little corner and just kind of do whatever I'm doing. And why well, that shit y'all got to go over there? I ain't got nothing to do with me.
1: Yeah, have the whole world exploding around them, but they're still stuck in La La Land.
0: I don't get it. Thing. And, unfortunately, I, I'm trying to, like I said, I think – I say, I appreciate this newer generation. They really like, they down to like, we're gonna fight for this shit. And I totally get it. Like, it's like, at this point, all we can do is keep pushing. Cause it's like, nobody's about to sit here and keep letting the status quo keep going. It's just like, nobody's gonna, and look, it's gonna, like I said, a lot of people, and like I said, all these white people that don't, that have a problem with us protesting and shit like that. And then the day you just tell them you're just telling me you're okay with the status quo, you're okay with the way things are. You're satisfied with the way things are, and look—if that's the case, so be it. I've—I've I've unfriended plenty of people. And I'm like, oh, I see where you stand. And we on two sides of different. I'm two different sides of the fence, homie. It's been nice knowing yep. you, because I
1: exactly, and we can see the enemy face on, and that's the one thing that I will take out of this whole administration that we're dealing with. It lets us know that racism is still very much real. Bigotry is still very much real. You may not have seen it within the past few years, but now it is explicit because they are being encouraged by an individual who is so self-indulgent and is so driven by his ego that he will deliberately bring the worst out of every person that supports him in an effort to boost his own ego.
0: Yeah, and it's like it—racism, it, maybe it wasn't as overt. You still had people who were kind of in the closet or undercover with their racism, but. If nothing, if you've learned nothing in the last four, well, shoot, actually, in the last, it started probably 12 years ago with Obama because you started to see with it Obama. more. It started with Obama because as soon as that black man got in there, oh, oh, there's a nigga there. Let's start, well, y'all know how we feel. And it started there. And it just kind of continued. And it continued for those eight years. And then Trump was the culmination of that. Shoot, I was telling my brother that, that Trump is the culmination of what this country has been since its inception. He is the combination Wappled. of all the bullshit this country has been. This country has been, the country. this country has been, because this country have you believe that it was raised on freedom and and everybody having a, a, a free say in what they do, and that's not true. And we all know that's not true, but of course, that's the revisionist history that they try to pitch on us. They try to push that bullshit in the schools now. They're, they're whitewashing history and trying to make it seem like, oh, yeah, they were immigrants, and they were just working in the fields, and they were getting paid for it, and... No, nah, motherfucker. Like, no. And it's like, the whole idea, and it's like, y'all, I tried to whitewash history, you're trying to poison our kids and believe the bullshit wasn't true, and it's like, mm-mm, we're not gonna... And it's still crazy to me, because the the fight that they... Well, okay, I, I, I kind of know why, but because it wasn't technically them that did it. Um, and this is also part of it actually speaks to my point earlier. The, US, the United States is always more more apt to acknowledge the treachery and the devious nature of people outside of the United States. So right. they have no problem acknowledging the Holocaust because they didn't do it. It was those evil Nazis. Right. It wasn't us. But oh yeah, slavery—it happened, but it really wasn't as bad as y'all think it was. It wasn't. Get over it. Get over it. Oh, I need to get over slavery, but you don't want to get over any y'all. I'm still celebrating 9/11. Okay, cool. cool. Right. Cool. Okay. Cool. You can get over that. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's. It's crazy if it doesn't affect them. Nope. That it does exist.
0: Nope. It only they only sign they care about is when it affects their money. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, if it's a if it's a, a choice between the dollar and the human life, in their eyes, the dollar dollar dollar. will always win everything. And that's the thing that people don't seem to understand when it comes to the, the, the GOP is that they don't give a fuck about y'all. Oh, they care about money. That's it. All oh, they care about everything, that's every true. decision they make is based on them protecting their money not your money their money like them having yeah. y'all go back to work is not so y'all can work because we you know what they're doing they're saying yeah send them back to work we don't care if they die as long as our economy comes back so we can be 05. okay they're okay looking good yeah. on paper they don't care about they've 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 not acknowledged science that tells them facts. They, they they disregard these things. They say, Oh, nope, that's not true. Nope, don't agree with that. Don't believe that. And it's like,
1: "Hmm, okay.
0: But as long as it benefits them, as long as it works for them.
1: That's all that matters.
0: That's all that matters. We will find anybody to put in front of you and say, Hey, this is true. Even if they're full of shit. We'll put whatever we want out there. We'll tell you pandemic, and we'll put out this documentary and have you guys believe it's true, because it fits whatever narrative y'all. Because y'all already believe whatever conspiracy you're gonna believe anyway, so we might as well just play to it. Right. But it's America's a motherfucker for sure, and Trump is like I said. Trump is just a culmination of everything this country has been since its inception. He represents everything this country has been since it was founded, and. It's just it was our it was this country's comeuppance, and unfortunately, there are still people who are so fucking so fucking determined to keep the status quo and continue to be racist pricks that still want this fucker in office. And yeah. I only hope and pray that on, who, that on number on on number four, I don't have to leave the country because I damn sure will. <laughs>
1: Oh, absolutely! I'm
0: already planning on getting my passport. Like, it's seriously gonna be like um in Independence Day when all people's leaving um the city. Like, that's gonna be like it's gonna be rough. Cause let's
1: be like hey, the next great migration. For Here
0: sure. Like, it's gonna be bad if he wins. Like, like I I wholly expect like fucking we don't need the Avengers at this shit. Is it like, like he might as well be at that point. He might as well be Thanos. Cause I need this nigga gone. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And like what we are seeing right now, we are at our day of reckoning as a country. Yeah. What happens on Election Day will shape our story as a country for centuries to come. And that's what a lot of people have to think about when it comes to Election Day. It's not just the presidency that's at stake. It's everything. It is the power of putting justices on the Supreme Court that damn sure should not be there. Right. And they would undo everything from Roe versus Wade to LGBTQ plus rights, to even our right to vote as black people, as minorities. That is at stake. Like yep. if I swear to God, if this man ends up winning, it is the end of our democracy, For as sure. we know it is. Sure. It will be open season on everyone that does not fit the status quo. Good. And if this happens, we have nobody to blame but ourselves because we have the tools. Yep. It's all a matter of using
0: it. Yeah, because I fully expect that if he wins again, he's going to turn to a... Like, he's been trying to become a dictator for all this time. If he wins again, it's going to be his... All he's going to do is embolden him to say, oh, well, now nah, I can do that shit. Y'all, I won twice. So now, I'm never losing. Because it's already going to be hard enough if he loses. He's not going to go peacefully. They're going to drag him out that fucking um, um, White House. Like, we You're know
1: that. are getting screaming. Yep.
0: Yep. And, and then
1: also another reason why he doesn't want to leave is because he knows. He he go jail. He's, of he's going
0: to go right to jail.
1: He's going, going
0: straight to to jail. Don't go to jail. Don't pass go. Go directly to jail. Don't collect $200. Take your ass to jail. Exactly.
1: So obviously he is doing everything in his power to prevent that from happening. And that's why our vote is even more important because if it wasn't important then why they put in all this effort to stop you from doing it
0: yeah he's been they
1: know it counts
0: for sure and that's the thing people don't like well you don't like no no they're fighting they're trying to keep you from voting for a reason like if y'all vote didn't count they wouldn't be putting forth the effort to stop y'all from voting they're changing laws. They're limiting the number of voting centers. Like they're doing all this shit. Y'all think if you the votes didn't count, they would they would actually put the effort forth to do that shit? And the problem is that y'all eat so easily discouraged. They're like fuck it. And also people are in a position where they know y'all don't have the resources to you know you might have not have had the money to have somebody watch your kids longer, or I mean not have somebody to watch your kid. like they they know what struggles y'all have, and they're they're capitalizing off that bullshit. They know what they're doing
1: exactly so that's why whoever's listening they need to get to the polls on November 3rd or if they have an early voting do that right now and turn it in in person right. bring your mama bring your daddy bring that nigga in the alley
0: let's be clear you need to um, uh, it's going to be like that I told you with the Jerry thing if I find out you didn't vote and I know you are we fighting it's gonna be it's okay. the, like for real like especially if he win oh before i leave the country i'm putting hits on you niggas <laughs> like nigga look uh, sorry it's gonna be uh, look look sorry i haven't i haven't hurt anybody in a long time i haven't had a reason to but uh, sh- I got some.
1: So basically, speak up or square up. For That's sure. What it is.
0: Yeah. I do No. I'm not even square with niggas. I'm taking niggas out from it. It's gonna be hits. Like I'm. It's gonna be stealthy shit. Like I'm. Just, oh my god. It's gonna be a fucking Assassin's Creed in this bitch. Fuck all <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the I'm not. hey, if
1: will probably be the purge anyway.
0: Yeah, so. it's true too. Yeah, you gotta. I'll get you, gotta, you gotta be prepared one way or the other. So.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: you I'll get prepared one way or the other. That and don't shit. vote for Kanye either. That's
1: another thing. Don't throw away your vote. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: you know, good and damn well he ain't gonna win at all. So it's just a waste of time. It's just like all them times when Ralph Nader kept running, or when uh, right. Ross Perot kept running. Like, nigga, nobody's you ain't winning, nigga. Go the
1: it fuck away. Religion,
0: yeah, Ross <laughs> Perot was interesting. Ralph Nader was boring. Ralph Nader, wa- wa- yeah. Ross Perot was interesting though. Cause like you just talk funny with those little funny ass ears, <laughs> right. What was that?
1: Yeah.
0: So, Don't you s- vote people, please. Yes, please vote. So, did you see that they're uh, rebooting Fresh Prince as a drama?
1: I did see that.
0: How do you feel about that?
1: It's gonna be interesting to see it that way because obviously, it is a risk with the Fresh Prince being so much of an iconic part of our culture. Right. But, by looking at the trailer, it is obvious that the person who created it, Morgan Cooper, shout out him, he knows the importance right. of this show. Yeah. So, the fact that he was able to recreate that into more of a dramatic form, and also bringing it to the modern day, too, yeah. is definitely very impressive. And it was impressive enough for the NBC streaming service, Peacock, to order two seasons,
0: two seasons right. off the rip. Right. Like Will said, so, that shit don't happen. So, like, like I said, that, because when I first started that trail, I was like, is this real? Because that shit looked like, 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 I'm sure, I mean, I, I know how it was shot, but that shit was shot where you thought you had money behind them already. Like, like, right. I thought this shit was really like coming because I'm like, this shit's too professionally done. Like, like, oh, okay, yeah, you know what the fuck you're doing. So, and, and walk so, right into it. Right. So when Will saw it, I'm sure it like, well, okay, cool. And so I'm glad that it, it I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it, how it comes together. Because um, like I said, the trailer was really dope. So I'm glad to see they got an opportunity to really to really do this. And I think having Will's backing is definitely important. And that was, a, you know, it was a big part of it. And I'm sure that's how it all happened. But it, it wouldn't have right. happened if the content, the, 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 the idea wasn't solid to begin mm-hmm. with. And so I think him having that starting point is definitely going to help. And I think I'm looking forward to it, um, to seeing what what they do with it. Because I think, like I said, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of stuff there to examine, especially today examining with a modern day twist. I think it's really a lot to examine that difference and that dichotomy that they because they, they touched on some of that stuff. But I think top doing it in a in a, in a term of a, of a drama is it, it makes it it opens up new avenues and new things they can explore that they didn't get to on the actual because it was only a half hour show it was a comedy so that you can get into some serious stuff but not not all the time because it, it it was always gonna hey, we'll get in there and we'll be that message. Like, oh, this is going to be a, a, a more serious episode like on NBC's Bill's promise. Very special like, A very special episode of Fresh Prince. <laughs> right. And it was like, all right, yeah, we can do those, but it wasn't, it, you may get one or two of those a season. Now, the whole show, it can be, you know, and I'm sure it's going to be those, you know, the whole Survivor's Remorse thing. I'm sure it's going to be a topic in there and all kinds of stuff. I just wonder what they're going to do with Carlton because Carlton was a heavy Trump supporter on the show. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, I think they're still going to make him as a black Republican. That's
0: going to be interesting, interesting, especially in today's climate and how that works, because it was it was like there, but it wasn't as big a deal back then as it is now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because he was a heavy Trump guy. So I'm sure that dichotomy is going to be quite interesting to say to this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's because of the fact that they did have those serious episodes, that's what makes the reboot a little bit more organic. Right. Because obviously it's still gonna have some of the comedic, you know, things about it, but it kind of gives it a fresh a fresh mm. look. Right. Pun intended, but Yeah.
0: And so um speaking of Fresh print, so uh, that they announced that they're doing a thirtieth anniversary special, and so Will had posted a couple pictures and oh, one yeah. was a picture with the the full cast and cues and, uh, cue, uh, uh, including the the glass Aunt Bill Viv. And then there was a second picture with him and the original Aunt Viv and everybody yes, it broke the internet because given anybody who's heard any of her commentary about Will over the last ten years <laughs> Um, yeah. No one. ever Even over the last two years. on the last two years, no one ever thought that they would ever see them together. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what they're actually planning, but that picture alone has me intrigued. I'm like, because everybody was like, because everybody, of course, when they first announced it, it was like, yeah, Jengel had a real on Does nobody here So then I saw that second like, there. Right, and it's like, uh, eh, whatever, whatever. Where's Jenny? And it's like, and that a picture popped. I'm like, wait, is that real?
1: <laughs> right, that was the first thing. I was waiting for it to be in Photoshop, but then when I saw it on Will's actual Instagram, I was like, "Oh shit, okay, this is actually happening." I'm like, "Oh." And like, people have to understand for those who are on the outside looking in, it's been 27 years. Right. They have not spoken since she was fired from the show. Right. And the fact that this is happening it brings everything full circle because the fact that there's so much of this bad blood that's been brewing on both sides, mm-hmm. the fact that after all this time, they are finally able to come together and to bury the hatchet and actually talk without any middle people around. Right. Just the two of them. It's definitely very refreshing and something that we definitely need to see.
0: For sure. I think... It, and also, Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Alright. And also, I think one thing that I can see why a lot of people tend to gravitate toward the original Aunt Viv as opposed to uh, Daphne Maxwell-Reed as Aunt Viv. Shout out to her too, by the way is that it wasn't just about the actress switch, mm-hmm. but it was also the watering down of the role itself. Because when Janet was playing Aunt Beth, she was more of the high, strong, confident Like, she was definitely something that a black woman wanted to look up to. She wasn't just a housewife. She wasn't just a mom. She was a professor. She was very accomplished, very comfortable in her blackness and what she stood for. And people gravitated to that. They were inspired by her role and how she was very knowledgeable of where she came from and her pride as an African-American woman, especially as a dark-skinned African-American woman right. in entertainment, where people gravitate more towards the light-skinned as they'd be more culturally acceptable in right. a society. And then when she left and then Daphne stepped in, it wasn't just the fact that it was a different actress, it was the fact that everything that cemented her identity in the first three seasons it was gone yeah and Aunt Viv from season four through six was treated more so as the sidekick as more of the June Cleaver character Mm. as she was a housewife and a mother and barely anything else there's nothing more mentioned about her career nope Nothing else mentioned about who she was as her own person. She was just the trophy wife to Uncle Phil. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil, James Avery. Right. So she was kind of treated as an afterthought in the last few seasons.
0: Yeah, and I actually hadn't thought about it because I haven't seen it in so a while, but when, not that you brought it up. You're right. Like, I remember, like, she was... Uh, Janet's character was more of a force. She was more of a driving force in that household. Like she, even though she was a professional in her own career, she she was just as much of a prominent uh, in, in that family as Phil was. Some, in some cases, more so. Whereas when Daphne took over, it was where she was more of like kind of the, the side, off to the side more. And more of a background in a lot of situations where she wasn't as prominent, and Phil became more of the focal point when it came to parent situations. And it wasn't, right. she wasn't, it just wasn't the same. And so, yeah, I didn't even, like, I haven't watched the show in a long time, but now that you say that, it doesn't, like, I, I definitely get what you're saying for sure. Because it just seemed like, yeah, if I think about the difference between the two characters, there was a lot that changed. And I totally forgot she was a professor, you're right. <laughs>
1: yeah. At Bel Air Academy, as a matter
0: of Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm glad that like I said, I'm glad they reconciled. I always say, well, I've learned nothing from Jay Z is that nobody, no matter how mad he is at somebody, they always find a way to uh, make it up. So I I always think anything is possible.
1: <laughs> exactly. Jay Z has never stayed mad
0: at nobody.
1: <laughs> Very true. I
0: think Kanye is probably the longest one he's actually been mad at him and maybe Dame. <laughs> but
1: yeah, and I think they still mad.
0: Well, yeah, that'll that that'll never happen. I mean, it is what it is, and that's partly. They have their issues. Um, they, I don't. Yeah, he, once he mentioned Beyonce, he was that was a wrap. He wasn't. You, you caught my wife. Fuck you. So it's just yeah. Like once he mentioned like y'all, Yo, you can you be mad at me all you want, bro. But then also it was like you mad at me because I ain't coming your wedding, dog. My fa- him, family's falling apart. I wasn't going nowhere, nigga. Right. <laughs> Like, I, like how
1: you can put on a brave face when you can't take care of home right
0: now. Right, like, I'm not about to go and just to just to put up appearances just to beat your wedding when my fucking life is falling apart. I need to save this homie. But yeah, I right. and then like yeah with Dame like eh, their, their issues are layered and I mean Dame was doing stupid shit and Jay wasn't you know Dame had issues with Jay and how he handled shit but Jay was always that guy. Jay was always more behind the scenes and more. A business person where his dame was loud and talk shit so uh, it was dame's right. personality so dame ended up being bad cop a lot um jay was always just kind of cool into the back and you know whatever but that's just how jay always moved that's how jay always was it just so happened.
1: jay's a sagittarius
0: yeah and it's he a sincere, doesn't care he doesn't that's just him so he's gonna move the way he gonna move And and then when you start like doing stupid shit with the money to help your your new wife and shit with her business and shit without really asking me and then You made Cameron the fucking vice president of my company when I was on vacation. Like, nigga, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I don't even like these little niggas. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. That was a big issue because he was like, I don't even like these niggas. These niggas been dissing me. What the fuck are you doing? Like, yo, so shit but and even fast forward from that Jay brought Cam to his fucking B-side concert I never think I would see that shit right this nigga Jay just like it don't like every time even when Beanie showed up at the first B-side concert and I'm like I never thought he would see Beanie again with this nigga cause you know like this nigga like every time it started with the non-situation like (laughs) It's like when they and yeah. And that whole concert, when it was supposed to be the whole "I declare war" situation, he's supposed to be coming at niggas. Everybody assumed, and then all of a sudden, now come out. I was like, what the fuck? What the hell is going on? <laughs> the hell is going on? I'm so confused. My cousin was there, and I was mad. To like he, I ain't bring me. I was like, nigga, <laughs> I hate you. You fucking bastard. Oh my, God. my cousin's been two places that I'm still mad about it. I wasn't there that and he was on a tip <laughs> drill video set and I'm still around.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah, I'm still still a little pissed about <laughs> that
1: <laughs> Yeah, sorry to touch He's
0: like, yeah, dude, like, yeah, just, just not taking me nowhere. Fuck you. Um, like, I could
1: have seen the girls get the credit card swiped on their ass in person man. instead of watching BT on
0: Kurt. Right. Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, it's not, Just not, I'm just not okay with this. But yeah, like, yeah, but oh, yeah, oh, I remember yeah. him telling me, he's like, yo, man, Nas came out. What the fuck you mean Nas came out? They fight? Like, no, nigga, they perform. And I'm like, cause I'm like, Nas came out. Was it Beast? nigga? like, oh my god was it on site like was it on site nigga like <laughs> the <laughs> niggas kinda they kinda touched nerve there you say <laughs> he, he, he's keeping on his baby seats don't like, I'm be mad about that
1: <laughs> right
0: like, nigga it's on site what the fuck you talking about dog <laughs> the hell but no, then when people came More with the, the whole, story hey okay. nothing i was saying, just like when people i'm um, talking about how, um it comes out that jay-z tends to always release shit on Nas the same time as Nas, and i'm like i hadn't even noticed that much of a pattern like i knew when it had when the whole when they, they came out the last time but i didn't realize it was that that pattern has been going on since 2001 oh
1: <laughs> like, my god like shit
0: Like okay yeah jay-z petty like this is definitely on purpose
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i like, guess this is definitely on purpose like now nah, I was like now nah, I was a different man He's like no we just maybe we just get in the same space we gonna be creating around the same time like niggas, was like yeah okay now nah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. but yeah
0: you know but hey
1: I mean it is what it is it's just business yeah no need to hold grudges no nah. need to take things personal
0: yeah it's just like I said everything happens y'all grow y'all y'all realize that look that shit we was arguing our man about years ago and yeah, it is what it is like can we, do, right. can we make money together? Can we do business together? Cause exactly. I remember, I remember when JM Knight went on the whole press run. I was on MTV doing interviews together and shit. And I'm like, this is the whole press run. Ain't it? <laughs> yeah, Man. We, we cool again. I'm like, okay.
1: Well, hey, I mean, if it's good business, it works.
0: Right. Like, I was like...
1: Hey, watch- if there's money involved... Go
0: ahead. It was like uh, Fade to Black came on the other night when I was, getting, I was going to bed, and I watched it, except for the part when, like, that dude, Robert, came on, and I was like, all right, me mute this shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm mute this shit mm. right quick. I mean, we can get that is it like, the Robert I'm thinking
1: about?
0: Yeah. It's on you. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, yeah, that guy. I was like, those niggas look clean, but I don't fucking care, because <laughs> I want this nigga on my screen. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just go to sleep now. It's <laughs> just... I don't want to hear it this shit yeah well yeah no nah, nope he's like hell he's in a that nigga's banished to the shadow." he was the first nigga banished to the shadow realm, where Tori is now I had to mute that nigga on my Spotify shit I'm like nope sorry oh um, uh, nigga I love chick's takes, but sorry bye <laughs> yeah
1: I had to delete him from my to, shit too from yeah. my Apple music
0: yep he had to go couldn't do it I'm like nope sorry bye sir can't deal with it it's just like I can't deal with you trash niggas. This is like nope, not gonna do it. Had to mute him. Yeah. All right, nope, not not doing it. I'm gonna hit shit from you. Not I, not ever again. Yeah. Let's see. I don't have anything on this on this list.
1: Well, R. Kelly's been. Oh, he got beat up. Died <laughs> Fifty million times. <laughs> he got beat up. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> got beat up, but
0: almost shanked. Uh, people I saw. People like, was like, he was like. It was on his like he just he got stomped up. Uh, so many times I said this nigga started singing a stomp and shit. I was like, Y'all stupid. But it was like made me clap my hands. <laughs> right. Like,
1: he got stomped out in the name of love.
0: Right. Look, like, shit. that's like when you was in school like when we was in school and like somebody get well, somebody fighting it's so, like at my school for whatever reason. If you get if one of y'all niggas fell on the floor. Everybody seen to want to get feet. Like, why is it more feet? Like, why is everybody kicking me? <laughs> that <laughs> happened every time. If somebody fell in the flow, somehow everybody is watching the fight, somehow start kicking people. And I'm like, why is this happening? But in the case of this situation, if I saw R. Kelly getting stumped out, I'm getting some stumps in. <laughs> I'm well, it's def-
1: like one thing with prisoners there is a code uh, and there's a totem pole. At the very bottom of the totem pole, are folks yeah. who commit crimes against children Men and women and the elderly?
0: Yep, and elderly, yeah. And it's like, dog. I'm sorry, I that nigga would look. I'm be like, y'all don't give a damn. You don't give.
1: A- <laughs> <laughs> right, eight town stop on
0: like, them. it's don't stop. No shit, don't Like, just all. Oh, like, like, um,
1: at this point, it's just. The pie piper
0: again with karma, basically. Look, I always tell people all the time when that nigga first called himself the pie piper. I said, y'all don't, y'all never heard that story. Do y'all I niggas not that? know what the story is. The pie piper. And I that's said, why folks need to read more. I said, nigga, I learned I heard that story when I was in elementary school, nigga. <laughs> that well. shit's not okay. Who is this publicist? <laughs> Yeah. Like somebody didn't warn this nigga or he just knew and he's like, I'm gonna do this shit anyway. Like am not
1: even out, a publicist, it's like yes men around them thinking it's cool.
0: Like y'all niggas are clearly either y'all didn't read books when y'all was younger or y'all just don't care. Yeah. And then you come to find this nigga was making using making songs for other people about chicks his little so, when I heard you were not alone was about one of his little girls, I'm like, really nigga? that was mind blowing I was like really
1: nigga <laughs> like after she miscarried your kid that she's not even supposed to have at 16 that's you, disgusting
0: you made Michael Jackson sing a song about me that's fucked nigga. up nigga I was so like he he did not I said you know what he need to be snuffed like I need to run this nigga fade right now like for real <laughs> Yeah, it's craziness. Trash human being but hey, he he deserved every stump he get he got, and I hope he gets stumped out some more. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: so. honestly, he's gonna be spending the rest of his life in prison. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no need to try again for bail or right. anything else.
0: Nope, because once he once like, he, he was doing the shit across state lines, it was a federal case at that and They ain't definitely gonna like keep his ass in the jail
1: and racketeering and intimidating
0: witnesses that's that's a wrap, that shit's done
1: he's Uh, done done he's
0: done and I'm happy, I'm mad it took 30 fucking years but about fucking time, as long as it's done yeah, absolutely
1: because once it is a federal case, oh you're going down oh yeah,
0: they're not they're not not wasting resources, they're about to lock your ass up you're not going nowhere nigga no well. more
1: I believe I can fly that and that shit. reminds me that always gave me the creeps cause I remember singing in elementary school and I had to do it for like one of those promotional videos for the school and mm-hmm. we had to sing it and I never wanted to watch myself sing it like yeah. for whatever reason like I just stood away from anything related to R. Kelly until I was older but then when everything else was coming out, I'm like I knew it was something about him. I, like that's the crazy part. Everybody knew about him. That's
0: the thing, everybody. I have I have people who are from Chicago who I know. It's like that nigga was notorious for picking up young girls. Like it was everybody knew. It's just like around my city, everybody knew about Charles Pew bitch ass. Yeah. It, everybody knew. Charles P. Would, I used to be a manager at Sprint. Charles P. would to my stuff cashing out phones for his young boys and shit like that. And, or one of my friends had one of her little friends she went to school with that was like, drive, that, she said we drive one of Charles P.'s cars to school and shit. Like, everybody knew about Charles P. back then. So when it came out, nobody was surprised. I'm like, y'all niggas, this is not new. <laughs>
1: like, and that's even sad because the fact that this is hiding in plain sight and
0: no one said anything and, and my brother brought that up because my brother was um it was i had posted something about tori and my brother came out Well, my brother well, one of my friends posted something about tori it's like damn i gotta delete all this Tory tori on my, on my phone and so he posed the question he said why is, are you and he basically was saying why can't we separate their art from their um from the person and i said well speaking for me it depends. So if you say some dumb shit, I can. It depends. Like, it's, but if you're doing some, everybody has a line. Everybody has a line, and whatever that line is, is different for everybody. Right. But if you're a rapist, you're you're anybody who's a predator on any level. I don't care if you prey on children, women, people that are weaker than you, whatever. If you're a predator of any kind, I probably I'm 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 not gonna fuck with you. If you're, um, you know, if you kill somebody like shit, like you know, anything that's just there's a there's a certain line if you say some dumb shit I just don't agree with I, it depends on what the dumb shit was but, and probably not, it's probably not gonna, that might not be the deal breaker but if you hurting people, and like generally hurting people and shit like that, then yeah, I'm not gonna fuck with you and so he was like, well why, and he's like and he brought the whole Bill Cosby, I said, look I don't fuck." he's like, you can't, so well, despite whatever Bill Cosby did for, her, I said here's my thing, and he's just having a conversation, he was just opening up, he was a devil's advocate I said, well my thing is this, Well, Bill Cosby Yes, Bill Cosby may have done a lot of things and donated a lot of money, but he also tried to stunt the co- careers of a lot of young black people by trying to get a Comedy Jam canceled and trying to get people right. to keep you off shows and shit. So yes, he might have done a lot for black people. But he also done a lot to try to hurt black people because he didn't agree with certain things. If you didn't do it his way, it wasn't okay, and that's what. so that counters any bullshit he may have done, any donating or any anything he may have done. That countered cancels that because out. it cancels it out to me because yes you may have donated all this money you tried to you know whatever but also I didn't look for the look to the Cosby show as some example of what my life should be I had my parents no. for that. like like I didn't I didn't look at the Cosby like oh yeah that's great no it wasn't that serious right, my father's funny I'm fine <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that for me so yeah I can't relate to that for me it wasn't that serious I never thought it was that great a show it just wasn't to me anyway like and it was like eh, it was okay I guess but it's just like I can't sit here and say I'm gonna be okay with a dude like I have nieces I have sisters like I'm not about to sit here and be okay with some dude taking advantage of young women or children like what the fuck why would I be okay with that and no I'm sorry I can't listen to your music when I know that most of your music is geared towards you're a fucking fetish for young people like, that's, the, he's like, well, I, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do it. And he said, like, well, you feel like you guys are being, you're putting yourself, I said, because he mentioned, he mentioned the Charles P. situation. He said, well, you knew he was messing with those boys back then or whatever. You knew about it. everybody knew. I said, yeah, you're right. I, but I was, first of all, people of all. And so, yes, back then, there were a lot of shit back then we thought was okay or we just didn't acknowledge or didn't say shit about that now yes i'm gonna say something about it i probably back then my thought process or what i was thinking or what was important to me or what i acknowledge or what i was i bold enough or vocal enough about a lot of shit that I, that probably was wrong back then probably not but there's also the same reason why if you re- be honest we were raised under a lot of, like like i said Mexican we were taught we were raised on the rape culture we were raised yeah. on that shit. so a lot of shit that we were taught was okay as you grow older, you realize that shit's not okay. It's just like using um, racial, um, I mean slurs as far as um, to refer to gay people and shit like that that we would use as like a common thing, whether it was in music or just in our daily life. That shit wasn't okay. But when we were younger, it was just what it was. We had certain views about people or we just we didn't acknowledge the feelings or the effects that that shit had on them. That's just a lot of stuff that you have to, you grow to realize that this shit is wrong. And it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a part of the evolution of us as a people, thankfully, because the reality is that we, a lot of shit that we thought was cool back then is not, it's just not. And oh. it took us going, you know, learning these things over the years. But so I can't sit here and say yes, because I didn't call out his bullshit years ago. I'm all I was wrong. I like, so. I was a different person back then. And he was just a customer in my store. I wasn't I wouldn't judging his life, but I knew like yo, yeah, he's definitely messed with these young boys, whatever. But at the same time, it wasn't it wasn't like I said, I wasn't mature, I wasn't mature enough to say, yo, I should probably call this out. And even if I did, what was it gonna do? Because we were also at a different point. That shit wasn't frowned upon. No different than right. all them old ass dudes that graduated from high school that was always hanging around the fucking high school years after they graduated trying to pick up young girls. Every girl I went to school with Oh, my boyfriend's in college. That's not okay. Right? You're a freshman. Why the fuck is your boyfriend in college?
1: Like, it's like we were trained to think this way.
0: Yeah, we thought we thought that shit was okay back then. It's, it was it was acceptable. It was acceptable. And so you can't judge. You can't. Yes, we can sit here and say yes. We we there are things that we did in our past that weren't that we probably should have said something about back then. But we're different people then. So I'm not, you can't sit there and, like, I don't believe in, that's why, that's the only thing I'll say when my issue is a cancel culture, is that there is a certain level of cancel culture that doesn't allow people to evolve. So if I said, if people said or did some shit 10 years ago, that clearly was stupid, but it was 10 years ago when that shit was acceptable, I don't know if you can necessarily always judge them by today's standards because that wasn't the standard back then. Right. Like, so you have to allow for people to evolve and to to evolve your way of thinking. Now, if there's been 10 years and they still think that way, that's totally different. Fuck them then. Right. If you still think that way, then okay, well then fuck you. That's different. But we can't sit here and say, oh, well, you know, because because 10 years ago you said this, and it's like, yeah, 10 years ago, if you listen to Eminem song, every other word was faggot. <laughs> that shit was okay. Right. But at the time, it was fine. Nobody whatever it was what it was. So Yeah, it was a part of our growth. It was a part of our growth. And it's part of what you know, our story was. We had to evolve as a people, as a society, because the shit we thought was okay back then just wasn't. And we had to learn that. And absolutely. And and we have to we have to allow for that growth. But I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm wrong for canceling Tory because fuck that nigga. He shot a woman right. for no fucking reason. Fuck that nigga. <laughs>
1: absolutely
0: like fuck damn. I'm, and yes if I'm gonna be the moral police on that sure I am I have a limit I have a line and that is my line you shot a woman you put your hands on a woman you, put, you shot a woman I am fucking what the reason is there is nothing exactly you know, it's, like say, woman? it's like it's too many dudes yeah. like yo I gotta know what happened what was uh what happened what was the situation I, I need more information I said you niggas love having more information when it has something to do with a man doing some dumb shit to a woman but y'all never want to wait when it's something else Y'all draw no. conclusions. Y'all want to, oh, yeah, no, we got to, we got to, no, we good. Nope. Mm-mm. It's always like, y'all need more information. always need more information, but and y- y'all want to find a reason to blame her. It's like, y'all tried to do that shit with Rihanna. No, nah, she must have been moving his ass. I don't care if she was. That shit that happened in her face it wasn't warranted. I'm sorry. Aww. Like I'm just sorry, it wasn't. But, yeah.
1: I mean, Brian has to be drawn somewhere
0: yeah exactly we have to we have to have some type of moral compass at some point and yeah absolutely so while yes i can say you make good music and also say it's not something i'm gonna entertain because and my brother also tried to say well you know you know once the album's released they they already got paid for the album don't matter i said uh no but if i if i stream his music he gets he gets royalties so he still gets paid for those royalties you get point four, four times a year so it's not money he get up front first of all second time wow. second of all um that's also going to lead to him being able to go on tour and shit like that so i'm not going to patronize any of his shit so it's not just me not playing his music it's also not me going to his shows all those things those that's part of it too so yes that's going to impact him directly so it's wow. not just i'm not just stopping with not listening to his music I'm not entertaining anything from this nigga from now on. It's a content. It's a complete like fuck that nigga.
1: Exactly. So, uh, let me see. do I have anything oh. else? Is
0: there anything else you'd like to discuss? Anything that was on your mind?
1: Oh, well, I think that pretty much covers it. You know, I'm <laughs> just making sure that my iPad doesn't die out because we're at percent. <laughs> <laughs> But well, other than that, like that's pretty much it. I would want to talk about P Valley, but that's another story for another day.
0: <laughs> I still haven't gotten into that show. Everybody keeps talking about it. Um I, I keep I keep hearing names like Uncle Clifford and shit, and I don't know who these people are, Uncle Murder, I don't know. Um
1: But hey, that's another topic for another time. Right. All the shows are available for streaming now, so you can catch up
0: all right so first i want to thank paige thank you for joining the show it's been a pleasure um thank
1: you for having me i appreciate
0: it no problem you're welcome to come back anytime this is the first time for it to be a first time doing a zoom call worked out pretty good so i'm happy uh you can uh, for anybody uh you can follow the podcast down with the king pod on instagram uh, dwtk pod on twitter down with the king podcast on facebook you can email the podcast down with the king podcast Um, at gmail.com. You can follow me at the Real World K T H A Real World K on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Paige is the host of what?
1: Well, I am actually the uh, midday personality for Chris 107.1, which is an R&B station in Saginaw. So, um, you can check us out at ChrisWTLZ.com, or if you have like the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to me uh, every weekday from 10 to 3, and then Saturday from 10 to 2. Um, We're on Instagram as well at Kiss107.1, on Twitter at KissWPLZFM, and then I'm on Instagram as well and Twitter at PaigeB.OnAir. All
0: right. Well, for myself and Paige, um, we're going to be signing off this episode of Down With The King podcast. Everybody have a good one. Good night. Peace.